I want, oh, let's see. I want some cranberry juice and vodka, but not a lot of, but a whole lot of vodka. Yeah, a whole lot of vodka. And it needs to be good vodka. And it needs to be pretty. Jesus. They want a double goose and cranberry and up, if you don't mind. And can I just get a snifter of that old Rasputin? Thanks. In today's episode, we're going to be your friend who steps in and fixes your drink order. Not sure why bartenders groan when you come up to the bar? Well, we can try to give you some of the vocabulary and insight you'll need to not be a pain in the neck. So come in and have a drink. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Casey! Who let him back in? <laughs> so we're going to stop referring to Casey as uh, a special guest. He's just the other host. He is just the fourth host. <laughs> a part-timer. <laughs> we don't, we don't want to give him insurance. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you all get insurance? <laughs> oh. Brittany, we, we let that slip. Ouch. Awkward. So what's everyone been up to in the past yeah. couple weeks? Uh, any uh, Anything like... good been coming around? Uh, no, no, no life-changing, amazing, uh, amazing beers uh, that only come around once a year. Nothing of note? The... Nope, I totally didn't go stand in line somewhere uh, <laughs> for a few hours in two different locations. No driving hundreds of miles to get, uh, to get beer? <laughs> Nobody? Nobody? I mean... Casey? Um, you know, I, I may have may have made a trip up north and, and got a little bit there. Um, you know, I, I brought back this this one. I, I don't know. It's it's something that I, I've never seen before. I've never really had a chance to to try to find it. It's called the KBS. Uh, you know. Oh oh, you Kibis. 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 Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, anyone who follows our social media, uh, um, and we we kind of had back and forth with Tyler about it too. He 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 uh, snagged like a couple of cases, didn't he? I don't remember, Lucky but we were yeah. we were jelly at first because and then we got ours. <laughs> because no, we showed up <clears throat> assuming it'd be a two bottle limit, which is usually the case. And then Tyler was like, "Oh, got my KBS," and it was a whole four pack, and we're like, "What?" And then I, I did consider hopping into a car and driving to wherever he was. <laughs> West Coast. But no, I'll we figure it out eventually. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, we had gotten very upset because then we suddenly were under the impression we were getting a single bottle apiece, is what we were told. And then when we actually, when it came time, so few people showed up, they're like, everybody gets a four pack. And we're like, hey, hooray. <laughs> 
party. We were still the first two people on that line when they opened it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Surprisingly, nobody was there. This was like, gosh, what did we get there? Two hours early, I think? I got, I, yeah, I, I hadn't gotten off work yet, and I drove straight from work through crazy, horrible traffic where yeah. literally I, I almost was in park for a section of the... <laughs> so, okay, we've just been joking. We never actually came out and said it was Founders... Highly acclaimed Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Which we'll get into a bit more later, because... It will be discussed later, yes. Guess what? We'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. But, so we we had two opportunities that, you know, worked schedule-wise to go and try to get some KBS. And the one in Lexington is where we got the four-pack. And it and just then... happened to be perfect because we were passing through that weekend to be heading home to see family. Right. And it was like, oh, it just basically meant we had to try and get off work a little early to make sure we could get in the line before it got awful to guarantee some. But then there was no line. <laughs> there were like six other Not people really. that showed up. Yeah. like, And it's a big liquor barn. Like, it's a large liquor store. Like There was room oh, yeah. to, to, to hold people there. But... I always say it wrong. How many cases did they get? Thirteen. Thirteen cases. <laughs> and there were maybe twelve people there. Now, yeah. Justin was at both of them with us at that one, yeah. where there were only like 12. There were less than 20 people. Yeah, yeah. And we everybody got four packs because there wasn't a massive demanding line. And the theme this year seemed to have been that everybody got a little bit more than they did last year. So mm-hmm. The theme was everyone got double what they got the past year. Yeah, yeah. so that was that was that that worked out for everybody involved, really. By, by they, we're talking about they distributed twice as much of this right. to, yeah. to stores, just to be clear. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I got in the zero sellers. this last year, so technically I got an infinite more, infinite <laughs> amount more. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then Justin can attest to this, the difference oh, going yeah. from Lexington from the liquor barn where it was just like raining KBS on everybody. <laughs> There's like, everybody gets a bunch to <laughs> the party city. Party source. Party source. Up here where there was a line stretching from the very back of the store out the front door. <laughs> uh, granted, we were still one of, like, we were probably, what, in the first 10, 15 people? Yeah, and they I have an attached were, you were, you brewery You were much bar. closer until I showed up, because yeah. I forgot that it happened that day. Well, because the guy the the guy in charge of buying the beer there um, was like, guys, we, we got a ton of it. You know, we got more than we did last year. There's no need, need to even stand in line. It's going to be fine. We're, you know, I got enough for, what did he say, two two bottles per... It was two, for, for like 160 people or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he had enough for 160 people and at that rate for two bottles a person. It seemed like it wasn't going to be enough. I think it I, ran out. I'm pretty sure it, it just had blew to through. Have. Well, I mean, unlike uh, unlike at Liquor Barn, uh, you guys had an influx of Flatlanders coming in. Right, so. right. Because Ohio can't buy it because it's 12.4%. I say that living in a place where... Like it's completely flat. <laughs> yeah. Damn Flatlanders. I, you know, Trump. there could have been. In, we're more of a tri-state situation, I right? Guess. But With since, Indiana, since, you know, since it's not able to be sold in Ohio because it has too high of an ABV, there were a lot of people coming from across the river down to the party source to pick up some, right? Pick up some beer. And that, that probably had a lot to do with it, and it's funny because you could see people who had just gotten off work i mean there were like a few people there that i saw in like safety yellow like they just yeah 
And so, uh, but b- before we knew it, like a half an hour to an hour before they were supposed to start, we looked behind us and it was just, there were easily a hundred people. Like ever, like the word got out there. I don't feel like enough people let the word get out in Lexington. In fairness, no. I wasn't telling people exact details until right. I was about to leave because I was like, no, you're not getting there before me. No, I didn't. <laughs> the word didn't get out and that's fine. I told you all, <laughs> if you'll remember, I created a conversation in Hangouts and I only told the people that are currently recording this show. Yeah. I said, hey, I've called around. It's going to be in these places at these times. Uh Casey, how how did your KBS hunt go? Um, well, they didn't deliver a single bottle to anybody back here. Oh, really? Woods. I am unsurprised. Kind of. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had fillers out. I, I mean, uh, the beer buyers. I was giving out my number to all these beer buyers in the area, <laughs> and was like, if you get any, and just give me a call. Um, you know, I know what days their trucks run, even and, and <laughs> wow. check back in if I didn't get a call. If only my father still managed, uh, still was the the manager over the manager of that liquor store back home. Oh, yeah. Maybe we yeah. could have. Yeah, but apparently they they were not even offered um, to buy any. Uh, it was it was you know pretty much it, you've got to be a certain volume before you even get the offer. Yeah, and that that I guess that actually doesn't surprise me either because it's only like a lot of tiny stores back home. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's surprising no, no considering you found Bourbon County stuff last year. Yeah, um, and that was that. I was a little surprised because you got uh, every you variant think, just about, didn't you? What's that on the Bourbon County? You were able to get almost every variant. Well, no, I just was able to get six different bottles or six bottles. Um, I didn't get mm. any of the variants, um, but the six bottles were the only mm. thing that I was pretty much able to find in one liquor store. Um, and, and that may be because Goose Island is owned by Budweiser and, you know, AB InBev. And so they're pushing a lot of Budweiser products through in these little stores back here. I mean, it's not a, a ton of craft beer drinkers. It's a, you know, right. a lot of Bud Miller Coors. And yeah. so um, their volume may be high enough of those products that they were able to get a hold of some of the, the good stuff. Okay, that's something I do want to touch on really fast. We hadn't planned on talking about this, but... Okay, we all talk about when breweries get bought out, and Goose Island got bought out a while ago, and AB and Bev, when they bought them, didn't make them, they didn't touch this program at all, what they were making. Uh-huh. But you don't hear any, this is us included, we're kind of snobbish about this, mm-hmm. uh, you don't hear anybody who talks down about AB and Bev products going, nah, I'm, not, I'm just going to pass on the, uh, Goose bourbon, the Goose Island Bourbon County stuff. It's yeah. just because they're owned by AB and Bev. I, I just don't want to touch it. It's not that good. No, it is still critically acclaimed. Everyone goes nuts for it. <laughs> because yep. Anheuser-Busch has not screwed with Goose Island. And that's smart of them. Because, I mean, you have to think. If you're going to buy someone, you're buying them for a reason. Why are you going to change anything drastically? Yeah, not not at least on these the bourbon barrel age stuff all their specialty stuff i think is still made at the original facility yeah but i believe that with their like their 312 i think it got moved over into one of the massive production facilities um that anheuser bush had beforehand but mm. still may or may not affect you know the overall beer yeah. so i yeah, i don't know yeah. i still i think they're smart in what they're because i mean they're trying to get on board with the you know 
appearing to be craft or at least get in on the craze and you know if they change anything about it that's going to go against that yeah they originally i mean when anheuser-busch and coors started making these craft-like products Mm -hmm. um nobody bought them and so uh, they've switched their method of competing in this world over into you know just buying up these breweries and and letting them continue to do what what they do best right so Casey got no KBS is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I got two bottles, and I got it before anybody else in the United States was able to get it. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> but that's you, my yeah. only two bottles. Because yeah, you I went to the motherland. Whenever I was up in uh, up in Michigan, it gets released up there earlier than anywhere else in the U.S. So I was with the Michiganians, Michiganders. Um, <laughs> he went straight up. to the horse's mouth yeah. for his bottles. Yep. Picking up up there. That's one way to do right it. Right from the horse's cu- – never mind. <laughs> So, all right, other than KBS, uh, let's see. It seems uh, last week we had National Beer Day. I only found out about this because Brittany checked into something that said National Beer Day. Yeah, I've, it was like <laughs> the day before or the 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 afternoon of that we're like, oh, look at that. It was just like slipped by us. I saw, I got an email from Untapped, and they were like, oh, don't forget to check in tomorrow and get your National Beer Day badge. And I was like, what? Yeah, so, yeah. I didn't get that email, but I was as soon as I saw Brittany check in, I was like, "There's another badge I can get. I got to get it right now." Right. That's limited yeah. time only. <laughs> right. Yeah. The gotta, special ones you really have to jump on. Got to drink them all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anybody try anything good since the last episode? I will say, me and Chris finally made good on our promise since we were in the same location as each other, and we just split two different six packs. Yeah. We did, and we made a boo boo, but it ended up being a tasty boo boo. Uh, we were. I I've enjoyed this boo boo. Yeah, I haven't had it yet. Weird. Still, um, we got some of the Stone Americano, which was very good. Uh, we'll be getting a whole yeah. six pack of that at some point very soon, and then. Uh, the other one we got and split was the Abita. Abita. Oh gosh, it was like Mardi Gras. We got the, yeah, we got the Mardi Gras, which is their seasonal Bach. Hmm. Yeah, but we meant to get the IPA, but I saw the label and was like, "Oh, I think that's the label on the badge," so we just grabbed it and ran with it. No, it's we were completely that, wrong, but right. still yes, tasty, it was still, still good, still a Bach. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. So the badge is for the Big Easy IPA. So same theme <laughs> which we found standing in line at the liquor store pier to get kbs but it was like you know what i'm not buying another we're not doing another six-pack split right now yeah huh. fridge is full fridge is full yeah because the kbs when we got the two bottles at party source it was 12 and change almost 13 bucks for two bottles so at that point we're oh, like that's hey. another thing i want to bring up since it came back up um sorry uh the beer subreddit People started a thread talking about what they're paying for KBS. Oh, I didn't even look, look at this. Uh, how, how were comparisons? Comparisons were wide. <laughs> but like, how did ours fall on the spectrum? High? Low? Ours was uh, the low end. Yeah. Most people were yeah. paying about $6 a bottle, which is what Jeez. we paid everywhere. It was about $6 a bottle. Mind you, a normal-sized beer bottle. Just a normal founder's bottle. Those short little fat bottles. But uh, apparently in Pennsylvania, there were places charging $12 a bottle. And it it shot off. Like if you got around L.A. and places like that where availability was even lower, mm. it was nuts what people were charging per bottle. 
if you could even like, find it. There were a lot of people that just said it's nowhere in the area. No, no offense to people that did in L.A., but suck it, L.A. You got cheaper <laughs> beer. Hey, California gets all the good stuff normally, so meh. <laughs> I was probably at the high end on that one, too. Um, I was $25 for two bottles on mine. Wow. Wow. So it was... Yeah, we, we like really lucked out. We paid for for. That's what we uh, paid for the four packs. The yeah. four, yeah, the four yeah. pack was twenty six and change. So next yep. year, Casey, you're meeting us at oh, yeah, party yeah. source yeah. or not party source, well, but the, it, you know, if, if somebody's upping the price, the way beer legislation is, you've got to charge the same price. So founders can't charge a different price to the. Um, they have a list price, and and everybody in that state gets the same price, no matter where they are. And so if you go to one place and they're selling it for $6, but you go to another place and it's $10, and they say, oh, it's because it's, it's just so expensive. No, they're, they're price gouging you. Um, <laughs> and that's – I mean that's just I – mean, each bar or each uh, beer store can choose what they want to charge to the customer. But because of some anti-kickback and anti-monopoly-style um, uh, you know, laws, you can't, hmm. um, can't charge different prices to different places. Speaking of bars and KBS, Chris, wasn't Hopcat doing another – doing a takeover or they were selling KBS? Same day that uh, – Yeah. It was, I guess it was just like Lexington release day. It was that Friday right. of re- – because it's the same week. The first week in April, KBS releases to everybody in the country where Founders distributes. All uh, I'm saying is once again we missed a chance to be at Hopcat. But one day we're yeah. going to be well, It will day. happen. I want to do it. One day. <laughs> One day soon, hopefully. Well, that's just like with us and the Harat in Indiana, the Viking-themed oh, yeah, bar. because I oh. want to go to Harat, too. Right, but it, in that one, it's not even like, a, oh, we missed an opportunity, but we'll go, and it's realistic. Whereas this one is in Muncie, Indiana, which is like not next to anything. It's not near anything. You know? Yeah, it's the middle of nowhere. It's, it's so stereotypical Midwest that that's where every restaurant chain has a test kitchen. If you want to know what could be the next national thing out of every restaurant chain, go to Muncie. They will be serving these, it. These people had the McRib first. Probably. Yeah, probably. This, they had... this also explains why uh, why in Parks and Rec, uh, Jerry vacations in Muncie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jerry, they, Terry. <laughs> they had the Taco Bell Gary. breakfast like two Gary. years before it went national. Like wow. they they get all this stuff for him, but yeah, it's an awesome Viking bar up in Muncie where they have uh, testing out Viking bars in Muncie before we tested it. <laughs> right. Yeah, they have like two hundred beers that they offer, not all on tap, a uh, bunch are in but, bottle. But yeah, uh, okay. So the, the on the trying anything new, I put that in there because I want to rave about the beer that I just had last night that apparently was only brewed once, and now I have to go find again. <laughs> I it was from Uinta. Welcome to the El Coco Nightmare. Right? I, I <laughs> understand now. Um, it's from Uinta, and it's a um, it's basically a wine bottle. Strong Belgian dark ale aged in port wine bottles. Or barrels, obviously. Oh, oh. And Brittany, I'm sorry. I can't hide my erection from how good that sounds. <laughs> it was delicious. And there was, like, almost a bit of a red wine quality to it. And it was just, oh, my God. And there was, like, very carbonated, though. So I had the whole thing. I will say, yeah, she was drinking it, and all of us were playing uh, Heroes last night, drinking. Oh, it was bad. 
maybe at some point we'll have to do some kind of Patreon or something where you can get, we will record that kind just of like stuff. Just like drunk ass night. No, you don't want to hear that. We will lose. <laughs> it is it. unedited. You don't just... want to hear it because Casey and I were both just like not. Oh, yeah. And Casey wasn't even I came like in, two I came different in places. Late. I heard Casey say one sentence and just immediately said to the rest, "Man, he's drunk." And he was. <laughs> By the time you came on board, I had already had a. Let's see, three bottles of a Winterbach from Atwater, a bottle of the Azaka from uh, Founders. Oh, so good. And then yeah. a 24-ounce double IPA beer camp from uh, 2014. I actually held up pretty well to be that old. Huh. Mm. Um, plus a half a bottle of wine, and <laughs> I had just poured a glass of whiskey from Jesus. I think it was Atwater whiskey as well. Oh, goodness. So, uh, it was a good I wasn't night. quite in that boat. Like but the the bottle of cuz what it was the Uinta it was, it's called Port of Call, Port of Call, but you know, O apostrophe. Um and but the, it's 9.4% and I had the whole thing. This is not a normal <laughs> bottle. It was it was again the size of a wine bottle. And oh, we were talking like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and he, he didn't like it that much. Not not my thing. So I was like, oh, well. And I, I was like, I already opened it. It has a cork, you know, so I, I can't waste this. And so <laughs> I had the whole thing. And then I had, oh, God, what did I have afterward? Oh, also from Uinta, because I was like, well, I'm going to do a theme, clearly. And I had the, uh, I don't know how to say it. it it's D-U-B-H-E, I believe, but it's Imperial Black IPA. It was fantastic. Yeah, we... Okay, Friday night I did a Founders-themed night, which you can go... You can If you friend us on Untapped, you can see exactly what I went through. I did a tour de Founders, and then she did tour de... Uinta. Uinta on Saturday. And that's the that's the Salt Lake City Brewery, for anybody wondering. I, I honestly, I keep thinking Uintai, which is a D&D creature... <laughs> Yeah. Race. I I only on the bottle or on the packaging, some like maybe the box or something. It it gives like the phonetic like how to say this. Yeah, at the bottom just, of the packaging it tells Otherwise you I would have no clue. Yeah. That's I just how we figured it there out. to be like you say and on the bottom there's a snake person and I went, "They know." <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool. Uh, um, all right. But so I, yeah. I I was boring this week and didn't try much new. Well, that's not true, but uh you know, I had the. We already talked about what I've had in the last couple, in the last week or so. So, mm. Casey, you got anything? Uh, well, I mean, just the, the the KBS. You know, still haven't haven't had any of this year's version yet. But um, the Chris and I tried. What was that? It was a barrel aged variant from Perrin Brewing Company, a brown ale, barrel aged oh, yeah. brown ale, kind of low ABV. That um, mm-hmm. was really delicious. It was during our movie draft. But that oh was, yeah, yeah, that's right. When we did that was that was last week. That's right. It was oh, exceptional. I, got drunk then too. I mean, both of us we were just like, "What?" <laughs> we were like, "They need to be yeah. people need to be aging some brown ales more often." That, that was, narwhal yeah. was delicious. Uh, <laughs> living in the ocean because it was so awesome. That little bit of of musical brain cancer getting in your head, guys. Right. Uh, that was that was really good, but then I don't remember what else uh, we drank after that because you just kept bringing drinks in. This I like uh, to call this, and I like then there were cookies. Casey Hayes, 
in Casey Hayes. You get when Casey comes it, around, he's... things happen. Things happen to our fridge that we're still trying to undo. <laughs> good things. Well, oh, yeah, very good I, things. Oh, that's right. I did try that Cigar City beer you guys had. That was oh, yeah, the brown. So that was really good. I finally tried the other one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, we're, we're getting off topic here. I think to get everything under control, we're going to need to move into some news. I think so. All right, our first news story is more of a list. Uh, we've had a few lists recently. I'm not a fan of lists, but this one I'm a fan of. Lists aren't news stories. It's <laughs> a pretty good list. Though. It's a good list. Fo- uh, these are words following numbers. <laughs> these are the 25 beers you need to try before you die. Uh, this was a, th- a lot of people did a bunch of beer stories. People who don't usually do beer stories on National Beer Day, just for the heck of it. This was from USA Today Sports which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but whatever. The list they put together... I think we should just plow through it, go from... Just keep scrolling down this list and go through them. Top to bottom? Yeah. Okay, we'll start at their number one beer to try before you die. Permanent Funeral. Ranked. I think they're just... <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they came up with this list. Uh, I thumbed through it. It's all pretty good stuff. But we're going to top it at number one. The number one beer to try before you die is Permanent Funeral IPA from Three Floyds. I've never heard of it. I had to look up. IPAs, and I'm like, uh, Permanent Funeral, that might happen. A uh, lot of Three Floyds stuff But is... it's an Imperial. I, I tend to like those more. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're not going to give a whole lot of discussion about these. We're just going to kind of name them and go yeah. through. Wow. You can look up later, just 25 of them, and we don't need to be talking about this forever. <laughs> but, Mr. Plow, let's go. Link will be in the show notes. Mr. Plow, Mr. Plow. Okay, Mr. Plow's moving ahead. Uh, number two, Kentucky Breakfast Stout from Founders. I think we've talked enough about that. We have. Number, number three, three, Pliny the Younger from Russian River. Mm, I have heard of that. Yeah, I've heard uh, Pliny the Younger and Pliny the Elder. Younger's the one everyone raves about. Uh, four, you have Old Numbskull from Ale Smith. Five, Hetty Topper from Alchemist. I do want to pause on that one. Okay. That, one, that one's kind of come up a little bit here. It's one of the only beers, I think, on this entire list that is a year-round beer and gets delivered every week. But oh. the, the thing that makes it really rare and hard to get is you can only get it, I think it's Vermont? is where Alchemist is. And they used to sell it in the brewery, but now they shut the brewery down to tours, or I don't know, to tours, but definitely you can't go to the brewery anymore because so many people were showing up to buy this beer. You have to go out and get it in one of the liquor stores there. Oh, wow. And uh, So it's one of those that I was looking at. I saw some folks that were um, – this beer was getting – it's like $3.50 for a 16-ounce can normally when you get it there. And they were bringing it back and selling it like $8 a can, like black market stuff. But yeah. Huh. All right. All right. We'll pick back up another one we just mentioned. Uh, Bourbon County, number six, Bourbon County brand coffee stout from Goose Island. Yeah. Uh, Number seven, Sriracha Ace from Brooklyn. But no, it looks like Sriracha. It's not spelled the Sriracha. It is not the red hot sauce. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Sriracha. All right, number eight, Sam Adams Utopia. Ooh, Boston Beer Company. I just got to go ahead and mention this. 29% ABV. Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a straight-up liquor. Let's just <laughs> let's be real for a second. It's a beer liqueur. Right, number nine, uh, Imperial Russian Stout from Stone. I mean, number yeah. 10, 
Saint Bernardus. Bernard- Bernardus. 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 Sure. <laughs> you could actually find that one fairly fairly easily on uh, most big liquor stores import shelves. Um, they they usually tend to hold that one. Oh yeah, that's the good thing about this list. Not all of these are like super rare, hard to find things. Like they're a bunch of them are just good, always available beers. Uh, number eleven, the Abyss from Deschutes. And Delighters. <laughs> I was giving you the Every second time. to say it. <laughs> Every time. Our local store has this stuff falling off the shelf, and not everyone does, so I'm waiting for their supply to dwindle some before I get in a panic to go buy it up. They need to get up there with some Delighters and fix their shelves. Stuff's <laughs> falling. Number 12. Uh, Chocolat. Chocolat from Southern Tier is another one. It's not hard to find. Uh, hop, Drop, and Roll. It's a good name. Yeah. Not a Brewing. No Dub Brewing. Witta from Omegon. Omegang, yeah. Omegang. Uh, Telegraph Reserve Wheat from Telegraph Brewing. Uh, Laguanita Sucks from Laguanitas. <laughs> we just saw also that too. And another one, um, I think it's my favorite IPA, the Sculpin IPA from Ballast Point. They do, I want to say that they have a note here. An excellent beer. There's also the Grapefruit Sculpin, which is also an excellent is also excellent and has grapefruit indeed <laughs> hence the name uh 18 Alagash double or double i think it's just double yeah yeah uh saison from funkworks funkworks or, yeah and people spelling like things Martin weird would love that brewery <laughs> 20 the substance from bissell brothers uh 21 enjoy by ipa from stone Mm. recently had one of those uh 22 hop slam from bells had some of that back during the winter beer fast and at kung fu chews mm-hmm. <laughs> 23 uh parabola from firestone walker 24 uh the 120 minute ipa from dogfish head which is getting ready to start rolling out uh, mm. i think we shared on the twitter they were putting out videos of it rolling off the line Okay. For this year. <laughs> and 25 Trappist. Okay, Casey, you're going to say this. West Vletteran. West Vletteran. West Vletteran. That's what he said. Vletteran. <laughs> that is number 25. And their note says, might be the best beer in the world. Uh, yeah, and that was the, the 12. That's a quad. Uh, the 12 quad. Hmm. I must have it. <laughs> I'd at least like to try that. Yeah, so the, the list is going to be in the show notes. Uh, it is, you know, it's fairly straightforward, good list. Um, there are no links. There, there are links to what the those style, styles are. But there's no, yeah. there are no links. Oh, wait, no. Okay, they just did that weird because they're weird. Um, okay, the oh. links that say the styles, I just I know I just opened one just to double check, goes to that actual beer. So that'll be fine. Okay. So um, if you guys are interested Today, in just, checking those out. USA Today does not know how to do links. Right? No. <laughs> Uh, quick conversation about this list. What do you all think of it? I, I must have them. Seems legit. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of the fact that they put a lot of... I mean, there are hard-to-get beers on there, and there's a lot of everyday available beers on there. Yeah, some of them or we've de- had, and we're like, yeah, that should be on a list somewhere. Or depending and, on your location, could still be hard-to-get beers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things, whether you like it or whether you don't, um, one of the things about this list that kind of doesn't that that's i think one of the the things that make this list special is that it's not these really tiny breweries like these are these are breweries that 
most people have heard of or, you know, if you're in that scene, mm -hmm. these are probably some of the most talked about beers. It, yeah. There's, um, there's, yeah. There's not stuff like, uh, oh, no, my cousin Jimmy makes some bathtub hooch that you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's there's a um, reason there, you hear about it enough that there's a reason they would be on a list like this somewhere. Yeah. And it's it's not, you know, I saw a list of like the 100 best beers in America and it went through all of these. Um, small breweries that were single state breweries and only – I mean other than a couple of those on there, it, that most of them were nationally distributed. That's like the snooty list where it's like, oh, and they, they aged this with – and they used water from a rain on the summer of, of – you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, like hey, the this is a list of, of 25 great beers that you could actually get to drink. Yeah. yeah. Aged with aged with a cobra inside of the cask. <laughs> like these are beers. A lot of these are like Hop Slam. We found it at the Winter Beer Fest, and then when we were when Casey was up here, and we went out to uh, the bar, a little Asian restaurant. I it, I got an IPA, and then it was like it tapped out in the middle of him pouring. He's like, "You get half one for free," and I'm like, "Awesome!" And then he was like, "I'm getting ready to tap some Hop Slam," and I was like, "Even awesomer!" He's like, "Slam that boy right over here." <laughs> I was like, as soon as you get that baby on, give me one. And we we've had some of those and can attest that they're you know the abyss, for example, from uh, Deschutes. Um, yeah, there there's just there's quite a few on there that were like, all right, yeah, that's Justin. Real. Whenever you hear Deschutes and there's a pause, that's your. I did. I was like, I know, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it slide until I can find a nice, clever way to work into ladders. But <laughs> see, now you made me blow my load and already work it in. I was trying to. Thanks. I was trying to, yeah. Thanks. Uh, sorry. All right, uh, we'll move on to the next story. We've given given that one too much time. All right, we're moving into a story about spreadable beer. I'm convinced we'd talked about this brewery before, but uh, apparently we hadn't. A Scottish craft brewery has developed spreadable beer, a marmalade flavored with oak-aged pale ale to go with it. Uh, it's from Innocent Gun, so if someone could just write in and let us know or just comment somewhere. Yes, you've talked about Innocent Gun. I'm pretty sure we had uh, is also selling a marmalade-flavored pale ale. <laughs> um, <all right>. Sure. <laughs> I tried to do this day before. Was it yesterday? Maybe yesterday. Make a marmalade-flavored pale ale? <laughs> I tried to make a, uh, a pale ale-flavored marmalade. There we go. No. Um, I, I did try to make a jelly um, out of beer yesterday after seeing this story, and I was like, you know, it's worth a shot. My, my jelly experience does not normally go well, though. It's still <laughs> runny. It didn't gel up. I can't. I'm, I'm doing everything in me not to make a joke about jelly and jam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is there is a marmalade that is flavored like beer, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. It's a, quote, spreadable beer. And then there is also, to go alongside it, <laughs> right. marmalade-flavored pale ale. It's like the sweetest pale ale. Yeah, that was uh, from Innocent Gun, Scottish uh, craft brewer. You know, is the marmalade thing like a UK thing? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's not that we don't have marmalade here, but I feel like it's not really as much of a thing. I mean, I feel someone needs to ask some little bear whose name I forget. Paddington? Paddington, thank you. <laughs> Aww, Paddington. Was... Man, Paddington's about to get riggedy-riggedy wrecked. <laughs> he is. Tea time's about to get awesome. <laughs> All right. Although I think about that, like, man, this is the most Scottish tea time I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, uh, let's move into our third story here. Uh, story from Bloomberg. 
titled Budweiser is having a ball in Russia. Hmm. Not what so I titled Russia, this. Beer drinks you. <laughs> that is also not what I titled this, but we can't say what I titled this. <laughs> Just like we can't say how you tell Jelly and Jam apart. <laughs> exactly. Budweiser is enjoying an unlikely source of growth in Russia's declining beer market, even as all the American brands continue to struggle at home. As the American brand continues to struggle at home. If I could read. In a country where brewing output has fallen more than 30% since 2008, the self-proclaimed king of beers is growing sales at a double-digit pace, according to the head of owner Anheuser-Busch InBev's Russian unit. Hmm. So what's the deal? Unlike in the U.S. and Western Europe, Budweiser is pitched as a premium brand, boosting its appeal to a younger, more discerning Russian drinker. I can actually speak. I can speak to this a little bit from experience, because it was extremely odd. I studied abroad in Scotland, and yeah, this um, this was this was at the end of our import craze here where we were bringing in as many imports as we could find. Those were the huge sellers. That's what everyone was into. That was the scene. And that was also the scene abroad. And what were they bringing in? They were bringing in Budweiser. (laughs) And that was, that blew my mind to see, you know, when we were abroad and, you know, you go to a place where they have all these uh, Scottish stouts and Scotch ales that are almost locals. And they're selling Anheuser-Busch products like Budweiser. And Bud, a, a pint of Bud Light costs more than a pint of Guinness. Man, that sounds like a magical place. <laughs> uh, where it costs more to buy beer I don't like. <laughs> beer I do like is cheaper. Yeah, um, but they're apparently AB InBev has boosted up their sales in Russia, which seems, I mean, it is a growing market. So it does make sense that when they're failing, well, not failing at home, but they're losing market share. So there was a thought that popped in my head, uh, and I scrolled down near the bottom of the article, and they made the same connection. That part of the reason this might be happening is that uh, uh, Budweiser is one of the, it's the official beer of the World Cup. Mm. Uh, and that gets a lot of. A lot of, you know, stuff sent that way. You know, big big soccer world in, in, in Russia. I would, I, think, I would think Carlsberg. I was thought Carlsberg or Heineken were always the official beer of the world. No, like at least in the last one, it was it was a Budweiser thing. Like oh. I, and, and actually back to eight years ago in um, South Africa, like Budweiser is like the beer that they, hmm. that they sell there. Right. At least I'm pretty sure I remember re- uh, seeing that news story. I could be wrong. It <laughs> it is possible, but either way, uh, yeah, it seems yeah. like uh, they're talking about this market growing uh, and their expansion in 2010 into the international markets. Uh, yeah, they've seen what are the prices for imported brews at 61 rubles. Or eighty-seven cents a bottle, but is less than half the price of ABI's imported Spaten brand, which costs one hundred and seventy-five rubles. Jeez. Yet Bud still remains its international prestige. That it just that just kind of messes with your mind. It's it's a cheaper import, and so it's people are picking it up. 
I, I can kind of see that. Maybe maybe that means we're not far away from uh, Russia having a craft beer boom. <laughs> hmm. I mean, the craft beer boom is just kind of now hitting Europe, especially with Stone building their big brewery in Germany. Yeah, and we've had a couple stories the last couple months about European craft brewers, so... Primarily Scotland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Brewdog. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that way. Yep. Brewdog, of which, Casey, have you looked into uh, acquiring some of the recipes that they made available? Uh, you know, I pulled it up on my phone, but I, uh, you know, I was in the middle of work whenever I pulled it up, so. It's no uh, excuse. I didn't get a whole lot of, of looking through done. <laughs> Plus, he was drunk at the time. That's different. <laughs> it was work. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that's kind of wrapping us up on news. So let's go ahead and move and talk about some untapped badges. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son! Get yeah. riggedy, wrecked, just like Paddington Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was uh, audio from the latest uh, Paddington movie. <laughs> Paddington gets turned up. <laughs> but no, uh, an untapped... There was a winner from their Brewery Madness. If you all followed it, I tried to follow it as much as possible. Uh, the final came down to, surprise, surprise, Founders Brewing and Stone Brewing. And our winner was Stone Brewing. Well, they have a cool badge for it. Yes, uh, check into any Stone beer for, uh, is there even a time period on this one? Uh, there has to be. Uh, One would imagine. It just says starting now through the end of April. Oh, okay. okay. And you can unlock the Brewery Madness Champion 2016 badge. I assume from now on moving forward, we'll probably see one of these badges every year. But it is neat to see, I mean, how they decided. They did their brackets, and they did it every week based on, I think it was just weekend check-ins to beers from these breweries. Uh, So they'd be... That holds up because, you know, the... the, uh, what do you call it? The thing, the sports ball. Oh yeah, the March ball. Madness. Yeah, the March Madness that happens usually on you know on weekends. Yeah. So and it was. I mean, they. I looking through the full list from the beginning and watching it narrow down. They really did pair breweries that were pretty much on the level with who they were against because they uh, Anheuser Busch was on there, Miller Coors was on there, and they put those kind of you know big top names against each other. I feel like. Miller Coors and Anheuser-Busch do not see that many check-ins on Untapped. Probably not. <laughs> um, looks like in Miller's one weekend, Anheuser-Busch saw 2,976 in one weekend. Coors saw 1,600 in one weekend, and Miller saw 1,680 in one weekend. And so the three. winner stone amassed throughout the tournament 35,000 unique check-ins. But the, they were decided the winner by only 300 check-ins. Ooh. So it came down to it. So basically during March Madness, people were drinking a lot of Stone and a lot of Founders. Yeah, that, I could see that. But it was nice to see, you know, an East Coast and West Coast brewers, you know, coming up against each other. Hmm. All right. Uh, next badge is a bunch of badges. Untapped has had a core badge update uh, starting, oh. well, in April. <laughs> starting now, I'll assume. Oh, 
sorry, I just saw one of them like I'm totally getting that one come come Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the yeah, that's all a these, great art. All these badges are available up to level fifty. They are not retroactive, with the exception of one, which is probably the one you're talking about. We'll get to it in a well, second. Also that one, but that's not actually the one I was talking about. Uh, we'll start with uh, take a dunk. Check into five different beers with the style of Dunkelweizen. That's the one I was talking about because I love me some Dunkel. That's got to be the the one with it's like a beer bottle with a little German, you know, Oktoberfest style kind of hat and a beard. <laughs> yeah, the one Das Boots got to be the. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, you are. <laughs> No, uh, the next one is the Rattler. Check into five different beers with the style of Rattler. I don't even know what that is. Probably, probably the, the, the two bottles on uh, skateboards because they're totally rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. I like that you're able to pick it up off of that. That's legit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> next badge is to the alt. Check in five different beers with the style of alt beer. I got nothing. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, the next one is Brew Ha Ha. Drink a beer at five different venues, categorized okay. as a comedy club. So that's got to be the one with the Groucho Marx glasses, which means the alt's got to be the swimmer. Hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, mm. and then the final one, as was previously mentioned, Das Boot, which is an artwork update only. So apparently this one already exists, but it's check into five different beers from Germany. Yeah, I thought Dust Boot might have already existed because... Yeah, um, so the, around Oktoberfest we might do a little uh, badge run on this one. Um, and the, so an important thing to keep in mind, if you have an untapped account, um, they have a link on this particular blog post that mentions the core update that actually goes to um, the next round of voting because you can actually vote for what the next badges would be. And I just now voted for like four of them. <laughs> so, um, like you there just... were a lot of these that I did not like because there's no way I'm going to be able to do them. That's the problem, right? Because like, you have uh... to think about what you want to do, and a lot I'm of them are country able... oriented. I'm not going to be able... able to drink five different breweries from Africa. I was going to say, yeah. ride the elephants. Who has access to a single beer from Africa, let alone five? <laughs> I, I, I don't know of any. Yeah, I've never People seen any of many countries in Africa. To be fair, we haven't checked Jungle Gyms to see if they have Africa. No, when we were there, I was paying attention to what was available, and it was pretty much South American beers, Guinness, yeah. and then a few scattered others, and all the from, Mexican from Central Europe. But some of these I like, like so the cream puff one. Check into five different beers with the style of cream ale. Instantly, I can think of two that I, I know it would go toward that and then uh pew pew which is check into five different venues <laughs> categorized as arcade and i'm immediately thinking of 16 bit which is oh, a yeah. arcade bar in cincinnati there's, okay and check into five bar, there's an arcade bar in lexington everyone go vote for this, this yeah that's what i'm saying check into a beer from five different venues categorized as speakeasy Oh, there's what? also one for uh, sushi restaurant. I want to check into one speakeasy because that sounds awesome. I've never yeah. seen a place categorized as a speakeasy. Uh, and right. the Iron Unless Man. I'm going to Europe. Right. This badge is probably going to be the hardest one. Belarus. Oh, whatever. In Estonia, no. like Estonia no actually way. wouldn't be too bad. Um, <laughs> If only I actually knew T two T two. I was going to say I just saw that E is for Estonia. But I've actually seen a couple of Estonian beers out and about, which is odd. 
Yeah, you um, found them looking for uh, finished beers, really? didn't you? Yeah, because I still can't find any finished beers. Whatever. Um, the Iron Man one looks good, too, because it's five different beers with the style of strong ale. But it's got strong ale, uh, American, Belgian, uh, Belgian strong dark ale. So the one I drank yesterday would have classified, you know, like would have worked toward this one. Ale is strong. Like Yin and Yang drink five different beers from a brewery from South or North Korea. If you find a single beer from North Korea, yeah, good job. Holy crap! <laughs> you should get an award, not just a badge. Well, you can get think... a bracelet set of bracelets to go with that as well. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to another currently available badge that is new. Uh, Blue Moon's new look. Blue Moon has changed their logo to look a little more hip and retro. So check in to any Blue Moon uh, between April 1st and May 1st to unlock Blue Moon's new look badge. And the badge is the new logo. Um, It's not hard to find their stuff because going along with this, they have massive displays in pretty much every grocery store. Yeah. Go ahead. Drink one down. Hum the song Blue Moon to yourself because... (laughs) What I would do. Hmm. All right, so I think it's gonna wrap up Untapped. Been up that truck, seeking bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. You don't know how high the <laughs> alcohol content of what I'm drinking is, Internet. I might not be that drunk yet. Um, I say like KBS. Um, it's a surprise. <laughs> Uh, so what you might remember from the intro is we're talking about drinking etiquette and that's sort of a blanket term. We're going to be talking about a bunch of different things related to like drinking customs and what to drink in, how to, how to get drinks, stuff like that. Uh, so let's start with how to order a drink. Now we don't have a drink are certain that all of our listeners uh, are amazing patrons of their bar and already know how to do this properly. But for those of you who just became legal or on the, you know, maybe you don't know any better. Uh, we, I found a place online that had uh, a, a, it was actually, it was the wiki how for ordering a drink at the bar. And I went, you would think everyone should know this, but trust me, they don't. Yeah. Runs down uh, eight different little steps. Uh, the first one says, uh, when you get to the bar, you should already know what you want. See, if you don't, step back from the bar and then look and decide what you're going to get. It's like waiting on a bus. Don't stand up at the curb expectantly when that is not your bus. <laughs> you can save that driver a lot of time and trouble if you if you just stand as far away from the curb as possible and look disinterested. He knows you don't want to ride. There it's with, are it's other with anything. people behind you that you're blocking. <laughs> this is also the, the fast food rule. It's like people right. who stand there and like they're in, you know, in wonder at the at the menu, and it's like, you you know what's here. But anyway, for those that, like, make room I mean, for the normal know. people who understand what fast food menus basically are, and you know, you step don't back. Know. I could be at, at an In and Out or a Jack in the Box, and I have no idea what they have. Jack in the Box is not that holy good. crap. It takes some time, not for me because I'm like, well, they offer breakfast 24 hours a day, so I'm getting breakfast. But that's when you again you step back, <laughs> you look at the menu, or if you're like me and you also have visual problems, you will look at the menu ahead of time on your phone. Right. 
Well, uh, cont- continuing with that theme, decide on whether you want rum, gin, vodka, tequila, whiskey, amaretto. Oh, isn't that sweet? Uh, or some kind of liqueur. Uh, when you place an order, always order the alcohol part first and the mixer second. If they hear a juice or soda of some sort first, they are assuming you're going to only want that. Hmm. Uh, which usually, like in my case, I can kind of go, yeah, sure. But if you're in a rush and someone, someone just says, oh, I want a, you know, I want a cranberry juice, and then you know someone else is talking loud over them, that's that may all be all that you hear. So, hmm. uh, you know, that's that's one that like it's it's a little bit maybe repetitive, but yeah, you do want to try to order liquor first. It, it helps. It also helps if you're like in a restaurant, your server will write that down and probably have it ring in a little bit easier. But uh, the next one, lean into the bar and get your cash or card ready, and this will signal that you're ready to order. Uh, also, it's probably a good clue, because sometimes people are trying to decide if they have like a list or something, and people are looking through it. Uh, if you're staring at that list, if, if you're staring at a drink list, for example, I won't come up to you. Like, I might say, you know, hi, how are we doing? Anything, you know, but I'm sure that you're you're trying to inspect your order. Like, there's no... There's no, like, part of my brain that says, like, yeah, no, they seem like they're good to go. Yeah. If they're just nose down going through the list, it makes sense. And I, w- yeah. I wouldn't expect them to come up and be like, oh, you know what you want yet? Uh, maybe just to be like, hey, just let me know when you're ready. Right. right. Uh, the next one, if it's loud, it's loud in a lot of bars and clubs, and so you should say what you want loud and clear. Uh, and it, again, this this part also goes into specific saying you need to be specific when you say something. If you say whiskey and coke, that could literally mean a dozen different sorts of whiskeys that I've got. I need you to be specific. As discussed lot, in our whiskey episode, there are a few. <laughs> a lot of bartenders will just say, "Oh, do you want just you know whatever that the <laughs> will be polite and probably say house, but you know the well." Uh, whiskey, yeah. or do you want you know you know one of the nicer ones? Some old granddad or some old crow? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, old crow is exactly the one I was thinking of. Going to the uh, stuff from a plastic jug. But you know, also have things like you know, what kind of whiskey? Do you want a single or a double? Do you want a tall or a short glass? Here's a tip: if you're doing a short glass, you're pro- you know, tall or short glass, but you don't order it. If you're getting a tall glass but don't order a double, you're getting less liquor by volume hmm. like it's going to be a lot more coke in your whiskey and coke if you just get a right some some people want to do that and that's fine some but, people are into that kind of thing uh so typically when you place an order you'll you'll try to get it all in one sort of go you know for example i want a tangeray and tonic single tall fine i know exactly what you want hmm. uh if you try to order like I did in the beginning of the episode in the intro, <laughs> I'm going to look at you with a look that says, oh, oh, it's this. <laughs> this is how tonight's going, is it? <laughs> and then try to politely guide you into a proper order. Uh, and then uh, here's another little thing they mentioned. Your drink may not be made directly after your order, 
the bartender is busy. <laughs> if you do place an order and you look around and the bar is filled with other people, know that they are trying to get to you. But they may be trying to do as many things at once, so they have to take as few steps as possible. Uh, this leads into number seven. There's no need to repeat the entire order unless they ask you. Uh, because, yeah, no, usually we got it. Uh, and a good bartender will remember your drinks on a busy shift. They don't all, uh, they all don't have perfect memories, so help them out, but don't harass them by asking them a lot, uh, or asking them what you had the last time you were there, and then get offended if they don't remember. Um, there, there's also two little things that aren't quite rules that they put down, but, uh, First one, I, and these were two of these were just things I put into the list. Uh, please wait your turn. The bartender is not trying to ignore you. Uh, if you show up at all at different stages, it's usually like, all right, you got here first, you're going first, then you, then you. Uh, and the other one is, don't forget to tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that a important. thing that happens? Really? Well, yeah. And, and, you know, etiquette's different between, so, like, whenever we were up uh we went over to baltimore was it baltimore no annapolis wow. last week and a uh an italian friend of my, my wife's came over and uh we all hung out there and as we were getting ready to leave the restaurant you know i left my tip and everything and and she said oh i almost forgot i have to do that here because they don't yeah. do it in in other countries well, that's okay that's true yeah <laughs> and people in the service industry know that when yeah <laughs> yeah um to add on to that, when we were in Scotland, they don't do it there either. So it's pretty much Europe. You just don't. Yeah, actually, most of the rest of the world probably. It's actually offensive <laughs> to tip there because it's they see it as you saying, "Oh, you obviously don't make enough money. Here's a little extra." Hmm. That's the way they see it. Uh, one Where's... of my professors that went to Ireland a lot said, at first, the first few places he went, he would leave a tip in cash on the table and the server would chase him out, like find him as he's walking out the door and go, you forgot your change, and like throw it at him. <laughs> we, uh, we, we have people here in the States that do that, but that's when you leave a really bad tip. <laughs> <laughs> like if you bring in a $190 mail and you leave like 87 cents, <laughs> I know some servers that will walk up to you and go, no, 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 clearly you need this more. To be fair, if, there's a bill like that, and you tip that way, you deserve to be smacked. <laughs> yeah. You deserve embarrassment. And I, you know, personal, personally, I feel like there's no, unless that waiter has, has threatened you with bodily harm or waitress, whichever, uh, you know, there's really no, no reason to not tip. Um, hey, Casey, you know. you're cutting into my money. <laughs> but no, no, no. I'm saying, like, uh, if you want to no, no, threaten these guys no, at the bar, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's – I mean that's the thing is that is a part of their – they don't get paid even minimum wage in a lot of these places because they are a tipped position. And so it, it's your responsibility to um, make up that extra portion. If you can't afford to tip – then I would suggest trying to find something at a liquor store and going home because that is part of the bill. It's just not mm -hmm. yeah. completely it, – it is required. It's That's, just not required by law. It's how they keep the printed advertised price as low as it is. Yeah. And, Whereas and in, the, in the rest of the world, of, it's different. Yeah, if you're doing a sit-down meal elsewhere, like in other parts of the world, 
what would be an Applebee's meal, which is, you know, like, it's almost uh, takeout prices here. What they put down, like you can get a full dinner for between you know six and eight dollars. I was thinking they probably pay the servers more, like that they pay them real money. Yeah. Well, that's what it would be here, like six to eight dollars. Yeah. There, it's going to be you know fifteen to twenty. Yeah. Because they are adding in those extra costs because they are paying their servers and they're providing them with healthcare and these things. A lot of other places here in the states don't do that, and it's the tips because a good server at a decent restaurant can actually we have seen we have friends that can make a lot more stupid money can make stupid money because they are basically they work in sales is what they work in they are upselling you on things they are they're we'll say working you from the moment you come in (laughs) pretty much hooters is a good example of this they are not friends with you. They are not buddying up to you. They are not flirting with you on purpose. They do not think you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's, uh, I mean, if you were to, there's there's such a disparity between front of house and back of house because of the tip disparity there. And then depending on what, what your age, sex, attractiveness level is, um, there's a lot of um, – disparity in that so it just you know tipping whether it's a good thing a bad thing it's it's required bottom right. line yeah also speaking of that i occasionally use some of our more attractive other bartenders when i'm working extra shifts with them i put them up front to deal with the guests <laughs> right. i'm like no you're bait <laughs> they will tip better for you than they will for me yeah and mm-hmm. and that's another thing is whenever you're tipping what what do you always suggest i, I, I like mine is normally a dollar a drink no matter oh, yeah. no, that's, you know, that's if it's fine. a beer and if, if it's somebody out there that – and if the bar is not busy because whenever I was young and stupid, you know, I I did stupid things at a bar. I, like I would go up when a bar is busy and I would ask for this complex frozen <laughs> drink yeah. and you know they would have to spend five minutes on it. So if, if it's something that it takes a little extra effort, then definitely add a little extra onto that. If tip. you ask for mojitos, know that the bartender probably hates you if he's busy. Yep. Oh, wow. That's yep. <laughs> – I think I've been over-tipping. Uh, usually when we go out to Braxton or other places, I will do $2 a drink. And then mm-hmm. if That's I awesome. go above and beyond that, like if we're there for a while and we're really putting them away, I'll just flat out do it like it's a restaurant and I'll give them 20%. Yeah, I don't know what to tip for, for bars. I mean, that's... I do I do 20% or or a dollar a drink, whichever is more. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, if you're doing cash, it's just that much easier. If, especially if it's just somebody that, that's pouring beer or something like that, you know, that's a good good way to go. If it's just one right. one drink at a time, that might explain why they really buddy up to me down at Braxton, <laughs> right? They, they <laughs> love wow. it. They know you by name. Every get up, it's fine. All of my <laughs> regular bartenders down there because they do only beer because they're a brewery. They do only beer, and I'm tipping them two bucks a drink. That plus the beard, they just see you and they're like, Christopher, then? Anniversary that they were doing the, for one year, and we had issues with getting a card to read because of their Wi-Fi, and they start piling outside to fix it. They're like, oh, hey, Chris. And I'm like, wow, I've never felt like more of an alcoholic. <laughs> or more it's of a, a rock feeling. star. Fun. <laughs> there you go. I'm the bar fly. <laughs> All right. you're, you're their norm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dog-eat-dog world out there. Now, by the way. I'm wearing milk yep. bone underwear. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, again, not everything we do is all about beer. We do have a few few terms maybe we'd like to throw out at you for for being at the bar if you're if you're maybe trying to do a little something else. Yeah. Um, well, 
occasionally, you know, you're just in the mood for a good cocktail. Um, We mentioned a little bit earlier the 16-bit thing during the untapped business. I've never been to a place where I would want to actually drink a cocktail except for that place. They do them so wonderfully. They rename all their cocktails, and I love it. It's an yeah. 80s thing. It's, it's an 80s-themed arcade bar, and one, you know, you've know, got things like the Punky Brewster, the Hulk Hogan, which has a bomb pop in the drink, the Chuck I Norris. Like the, I feel like that one should... Like, if it was me, I would be calling the Hulk Hogan a mint julep, because that's a racist mojito. <laughs> they Ouch. may have to change it. They may have to change it. Yeah, they and probably have to update it. You yeah. can get the Game Over, which is eight liquors for $8. With Hawaiian Punch. With Hawaiian Punch. It's delicious. Yeah. It will get little- you... Riggedy wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> There's also, uh, if you want just an old fashioned, they call it a Burt Reynolds. Yeah. yeah which makes so much sense. <laughs> um, so we're just going to cover uh, some terms here. So uh, this is a, a normal bar, mind you. Um, <laughs> so you have yeah. the term back, which means a non alcoholic chaser. Uh, like water, Coke. Huh? Like a water or a Coke. Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, often used when a person orders a shot of a straight liquor but wants a water soda or juice chaser with chaser bleh, with it. Um, oh, so yeah, those chasers. <laughs> That's a juice chaser. I'm not even drinking that much. Um, so it says, let's let's assume that you want a, a Jack Daniels, but you want to chase it with a glass of Coke. Um, so basically, instead of getting it mixed, you're you're wanting to. I mean, I do this all the time. I'll get. Like a beer and a water. I assume this is kind of the same the same principle, yeah. only with liquor. You can you can say water back. Yeah. So, which I've never really heard this term, but again, I think I don't. We it's don't frequent the bars that would normally use such terms. It's it's also older. Like I I when I first started bartending, someone said it to me, and I was like, yeah. And I looked at the manager, and was like, what? <laughs> what is this here? I feel like a lot of big bars are like maybe established places, and a bartender has been around. They're going to know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. They're probably going to appreciate it. And as soon as you use such a term, they'll probably treat you with more respect. And they'll probably be more attentive to your needs as a customer. And it keeps your drink order straight. Because if you want I want a, a shot of Jack Daniels and Coke. That's, I, oh, I would yeah, give you yeah. a Jack and Coke. Jack yeah. and Coke. Right. That's, that's a good point. Uh, important terms, kids. Um, so here's a, a more straightforward term. Chilled. It means cold, uh, as one would uh, think. So there's a couple terms on this list, uh, and I'm just going to say this is what I use behind. Like I don't say to the guests, uh, if someone asks for a shot of tequila, mm-hmm. I always ask them if uh, I, I if a, someone else has, order, has ordered it and they're asking me for one, I'm like, oh, do they want training wheels, which means they want a salt rim, some uh, lime wedge, and chilled over ice and That's poured funny. into the glass. <laughs> That's fantastic. See, okay, I can do tequila. I, I can't do uh, Jose Cuervo fake no, tequila. No, none of that. There was I can do years. straight 100% agave tequila. Like some Patron. I prefer it shaken over ice, right. over crushed ice. So it, it'll water it down a little. Hmm. And then the 100% agave just tastes so much better. And 100% agave doesn't mean expensive. No, no, no. You can get a bottle of 100% agave for under $30. That will be exceptional. All right, then. <laughs> um, this is one I've actually at least heard. Uh, dirty, which means with olive juice, and it's used in uh, gin martinis and vodka martinis. 
Uh, yeah, you, you hear dirty martini as a thing. Like that's that's probably the term most heard. I this gets confused with another term, but I'll talk about it when we get to that one. <laughs> okay. Uh double, double means double the liquor, which we kind of uh touched on a little bit earlier. Uh in other words, two shots of liquor in one drink. The so, double mint gum of alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, if you want a lot of alcohol and if you're getting a mix of something as as you said earlier, Bob, like a, a tall glass probably, but you can get a double like a double Jack and Coke, I would imagine. I mean, even if you're getting it on the rocks, you can get a double, and it fills up the glass a lot more than just a single shot would. Hmm. Okay. But be careful, depending on where your bar is, because a lot of – and we rag on Applebee's a lot because it's just that type of place. <laughs> it is. But at Applebee's, a single is an ounce and a quarter or an ounce and a half of liquor. I think it's an ounce and a half of liquor, and their double is two ounces of liquor. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I was going to say it's probably an ounce and a quarter, and uh, and a double is actually two ounces. So it's not really so it's not, double the amount of liquor. It's not technically a full double in, in that situation. Most, Got it. most restaurant chains, uh, I imagine, go under that same sort of idea. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, the term and that's where huh? knowing your bartender and, and, you know, having a good rapport with them, tipping well, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Being a regular. You actually get a real double instead of a. Right. Yes, you, got, you can. You gotta know. You gotta know me real well, and I gotta make sure which manager's on duty before. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a factor. Yeah. If you go into Applebee's, like if you're there every Thursday or Friday or something, and you always get the same drink, and you always have the same bartender, and you tip well, they are probably going to give you a real double. If you if you or, come into where I work and you say, "Hey, your voice sounds familiar," <laughs> you do you do a podcast? You're getting quadruples. <laughs> you're getting straight. Let's not. And you're, you're getting uh, movie theater drinks. I don't want this to go to a bad place, but that's also like I think probably a general rule at like Mexican restaurants because they're like, do you want some some other stuff in your in your alcohol? Because this is straight alcohol. Like like every time you get a margarita there or even a mixed drink, it's like all the liquor in the world and then whatever else is supposed to be in there. I don't drink. <laughs> I don't drink anything other than beer at Mexican restaurants because I don't like tequila. I don't like margaritas. I really have to be in the mood for them. Like I have to be in a place where I'm like, or maybe if someone else is paying for it and, or I'm like, no, I want to get, I want to get wrecked. I don't know. I'll take a novelty margarita that basically comes in a fishbowl. I mean, if it, yeah, if it's a weird, yeah, that's true. If it's like a weird something or other. And I can see the settled tequila in the bottom of the bowl. Where I'm like, yeah, there's like a substantial amount of tequila in this thing. I'm yeah, like, it's I'm more happy. it's That's, more alcohol than drink. That that would be a, probably when you would have to like kind of just raise and lower your straw, just depending on how drunk you want to be. <laughs> right. Start in the bottom and raise your straw as you're going, like it's a slide whistle. You're like, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, all right, so the term dry, which I, I've I've also heard probably as much as the other one. Uh, dry means with dry vermouth, and it's used in gin martinis and vodka martinis. So this is confused with dirty, so much okay. so that some of my managers didn't know the difference. Oh wow! Uh, I'm not. I'm, what is what the hell is vermouth anyway? It's, it's just a, a type of fortified wine. Fortified wine with spices. Okay. Mm, yeah. uh, the so back back in the day. Years ago, the uh, the appropriate amount for a dry martini was uh, five to one, I believe. One part vermouth for five parts gin or vodka. Huh. Uh, now, uh, the appropriate amount for a dry martini 
would be uh, you pour a little bit into the glass, like less than less than uh, uh, a quarter of an ounce. Like literally, just drop it in there, swirl it in the glass, mm, splash, throw yeah. that, and then throw that out, and then make and then put the whatever it is on top of it. Yeah, uh, like an essence. Now or, there's yeah. Now there's even misters. I said now there's. Good. I said there's also the very dry, uh, where wow. you put it out in front of them and you wave the bottle of vermouth from over it without ever turning it upside down <laughs> and putting it back up. <laughs> you so, pretend as uh, if there's vermouth and there is no vermouth. Technically, that's supposed to show that there's uh, that there's no uh, that there's no vermouth that you never did it, but. Uh, there's a great joke from like the first episode of MASH, I think, that has a, it's about vermouth and martinis. And it's like, you know, he's figured the way to make the driest martini. And like, how, how do you do that? Well, uh, you uh, pour gin and uh, you stir gin over ice while staring at a picture of the man who invented vermouth. <laughs> <laughs> and after I knew what that meant, because the first time I heard that joke, I was like 10. Yeah. Uh, Please tell I me you put a picture up. Right. So <laughs> every like, time someone crazy. orders one of these, you look intently into that picture. <laughs> That's amazing. And For then some, if they crack up, just... you know it's someone that you're going to actually give them exactly what they want. Uh, that's I really feel like you should have a picture of him behind the bar, <laughs> like in one of those stand-up picture frames that you just pull out whatever pull somebody out, orders. Put it in front you of it, it on yeah. the bar top and then just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't explain <laughs> it. Just go for that. And if they if they get the joke, then you're like you were my friend. <laughs> Pretty much. All right. Um, so speaking of uh, margaritas, honestly, before this, uh, frozen slash blended. Frozen means blended, apparently. Yeah. Um, this example is of course a frozen margarita, which I think, quite frankly, is the better version of a margarita because then you don't realize you're getting drunk about half until about halfway through. Nope. If you're gonna go there. Again, I have to be in the mood for margarita, and um, I also am in the same boat with tequila because there was this one New Year's Eve, and <laughs> it's filled yeah. with a lot of reasons when you you don't want to drink anything goes. Yeah. No, I think that was your birthday. No, nope, that week. was New Year's Eve because yeah. that was the uh, that was when we were at Ian's. Um... Oh, I was thinking of when no, you were caught we weren't in the at dorm. Ian's. That was when that was our old apartment. Because um, I was mixed, it was cheap tequila, and I was mixing it with simply limeade. <laughs> as if that was a good decision and um the green puke that resulted look we all start somewhere <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. better than that it was not good times moving on the uh what was it bob in the dorm oh it was a uh, sierra was mist diet sierra mist diet Ugh. sierra mist grapefruit it, it was a nope. i want to say a bad. liter of that and almost a full bottle of <laughs> that was bad i, I can't touch this stuff that's fair. If you or ever want to anymore, if you ever want to hear that whole story, just just try email us off the air. Uh, yeah. I will I will personally tell you the story. We should probably do maybe we should do an episode on just like our horrible drinking stories. That's 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 an episode idea for Halloween nightmare stories. <gasps> no, stories. no, that's an idea for yes. Patreon if we ever decide. Oh, we're not getting a Patreon. Patreon. We're, no one, no one will give us money for this. Would you all give us um, money for this? Please write in. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know if you would like to give us money. We well, bought a mixer and all this crap. Uh, I like this idea. Yeah. But anyway. Um, uh, okay, so another another more common term. Neat. Uh, neat means without ice. 
and in an old-fashioned glass, usually used uh, when ordering liquor by itself. So I hear old-fashioned glass, and all I can think of is my mom who collects uh, Depression-era glassware. Jeez. Uh, and I'm like, no, not that. <laughs> so the no, example... Like, uh, like rocks glasses, like a, a old-fashioned... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Standard, still standard barware. It's not something they just made up. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if somebody orders a scotch neat, then they just want a scotch by itself, and it's in one of those glasses. Okay, I do have yeah. to chime in here. I order my scotch neat and my bourbon on the rocks. That's fine. That's a different, because it's a different levels of taste that you're getting there. Different levels of, uh, I don't know. I, that makes sense to me. Well, we talked about that in the bourbon, uh, the whiskey episode, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. That is my turn. On the rocks, which means with ice. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> One would have uh, Unless, Unless you watch... Um... Uh, uh, who, who framed, framed Roger Rabbit? Rabbit. <laughs> because he means ice. I hate going to Toontown, <laughs> pulling gravel out of his out of his whiskey. Uh. Yeah, like big stones in his whiskey, and he's like, <sighs> and he just throws them back in there and continues to drink it anyway, <laughs> and like licks it off his fingers. <laughs> uh, <sighs> he left us too soon. Shmee, shmee's me. <laughs> oh my god okay uh, example uh whiskey on the rocks uh you can do a margarita on the rocks i have heard of this i've never witnessed it i would never actually order it uh what you I do it all the time yeah it's, it's, it's more popular i think than the frozen yeah one. it's getting more popular now i usually order i get a frozen margarita because that's usually the things that's like uh the well drink it's been prepared there's a massive amount of it sitting in a thing frozen ready to rock where they just nope. pour it out of the thing <laughs> And it good to go. <laughs> Some places, yes. And it's usually well, it's, no. it's usually well blended as if like you get a distribution of, of both things pretty well. A lot of places have different kinds of blenders. Like we've got one from like Island Oasis and it's <laughs> so it's it's broken and I have to like eyeball it to make it work, but nice. <laughs> you're giving it the uh, evil yeah. eye to make it work. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Alright, yeah, uh we've got a note. If you pour a liquor on the rocks, use an old fashioned glass. An old-fashioned glass is also known as a rocks glass because it's used to serve single liquors on the rocks. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's why I call them rocks glasses because not many people actually ask for old fashions, but lots of people want uh, bourbon on the rocks. Hmm. Uh, apparently, I'm not alone in my taste. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, I mean, it, the flavor changes. That, I guess that's another reason I like stouts so much. When you get it cold, when you get it nice and cold... It's a different, it's a completely different drink, and you you drink it slow, let it warm up. A lot of things start to come out, changes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> sweet, sweet means with sweet vermouth, and is used in gin martinis and vodka martinis, also Manhattans. This just in, Manhattans. <laughs> I I was looking at the notes and I was like, oh, I have to fix this so I don't have to. <laughs> Can you clarify the Manhattan for me? Because again, I don't drink cocktails very often. So. Martini is uh, gin or vodka, chilled and ice, dry vermouth. Manhattans are usually um, uh, bourbon of some kind, although you can use a few other brown liquors, technically, but not in this state. Um, (laughs) And you use sweet vermouth, and you'll keep the sweet vermouth in the glass in this one. Yeah. Uh, Typically, you also typically garnish it with cherries. Oh, okay. 
classic is two parts whiskey, one part sweet vermouth. So it's a uh, it's heavily vermouth flavored. Okay. Yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah. Uh, the example for sweet would be a sweet martini. There is, by the way, this like the ver- sweet vermouth reminds me. Uh, everybody, everybody remembers Groundhog Day, but do you remember the drink that uh, the producer, the lady producer, gets? The lady producer. I don't know her name. <laughs> he commits her drink uh, to memory, so he orders the, the same drink, <laughs> and then he continues to order the same drink for. They say he's stuck in that day for it's like ten thousand years, right? Yeah. So he orders that drink every day for ten thousand years. Not not every day for ten thousand, because he he stops trying to do this date eventually. Oh yeah, she, he just starts killing she himself for a while. Sweet vermouth with like a twist. Yeah, and I'm like, lady, you're <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, and just a at home type thing. If you're going to get sweet vermouth, don't keep it in your uh, liquor cabinet. Um, you're probably not going to go through it fast enough as, nope. as a bar would. Um, keep it in the fridge because it keeps the, the flavors a lot better. It's it's like a wine. It's maybe fortified, but it is a wine. So uh, hmm. Same with your Baileys. When you I crack it open, vermouth. keep it in the fridge. I can keep sweet vermouth forever. Oh, yeah. I go with a dry vermouth at home because there's very few. I mean, unless you're a Manhattan fiend, um, yeah. there's very few drinks that use the sweet. Or you're that lady from uh, from <laughs> Groundhog Day, which keep a lot of lemons. You know, if you're getting you're getting close to when you feel like the vermouth's going to go bad, uh, makes great shrimp scampi. So, oh, there you go. I still get a little bit of a twitch when I hear scampi. Sorry, mm. yeah. feeds his baby shrimp scampi. All right, all right. <laughs> tall, tall means in a bigger glass. Mm-hmm. If you order a tall drink, you get the same amount of liquor, but with more juice or soda. Mm-hmm. Example, a tall screwdriver, tall Cape Cod, tall Jack and Coke, tall gin and tonic, etc. You're not getting more liquor. You're getting more of whatever else. But you ask for a double Jack and Coke tall, you're you're going to be, you know, you're going to get that same, probably about the same amount as you would get in, uh, in a rocks glass if you did a, just a short. Hmm. But... You can now drink it over a meal as opposed to just like, well, that's gone. Give me another. Uh, and you'll pay for it. There, there's no way you're getting a cheaper version of it. I'll say that. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a careful. Not all drinks can be made tall drinks. Mm, yeah. Which drinks can be made tall drinks? Drinks that come in highball glasses can be made tall by using a Collins glass. I don't know yeah. what any of those mean. <laughs> uh, they, yeah. Yeah. Um, a Collins glass would be like a 14, 16 ounce mixing glass. Okay. Uh, I call them mixing glasses because that's what I use to uh, uh, cover up the other end of my uh, mixing tins. Like when you when you shake. So, all right. So, martinis. You know, you you heard the James Bond thing: shake and not stirred. Right. Uh, stirring a martini will not quote bruise the gin or vodka. Uh, Shaking it will, and by bruising they mean little flecks of ice will be, will be in your, uh, in your drink, watering it down. Yeah, and it incorporates air into the drink too, so it comes out yeah. a little cloudy. Huh. Yeah. Uh, that said, shaking it is a lot more fun than stirring. Sure, uh, it's kind of a little show with it. Yeah. So you you know you take the the big metal tin, you put a little put a glass in there that fits it just right, which is these these Collins glasses do. 
just put a little tap on it and you give it a nice good shake, flip it over. Uh, well, then you'll, you'll flip it back to where like the glass is on top and you hit the glass, knock it free, pour into your, pour into your drink. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's what a Collins glasses is. Uh, so huh. yeah, since we're into stories, I have to share at my bachelor party when we went to, uh, is it mint? Yeah. The, uh, yeah, uh cocktail bar. When Matt walks up there and asks for... Oh, what did he order? He wanted a mojito. A mojito, a mi- but he wanted the mint slapped. And they thought he was messing with them. This is a thing. <laughs> you don't want it muddled in with your drink. You want them to just slap the mint leaves, basically the branch. If it's a good, if it's a good cocktail bar, when that place is, the mint will be on the branch. And they can slap it against their hand, which is going to get start releasing the oils from the leaves, and then put it in. And it doesn't matter. It's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Muddle it. But it's great. It was great to watch him mess with them because he, he was. He called it. He didn't call it slapping. He called it spanking. And that was the. I think that was what really spanked the mint. Mint. Oh my goodness, it was hilarious. It was I, great to watch. Them like what? He came in. He came into my bar and asked for one. <laughs> And I'm at the other end of the thing making drinks, and I look over at him, and I just, like, I hold the mint in one hand, and I just slap it, and then I proceed to muddle it. <laughs> Give him the show of slapping it. You go, yeah, yeah, I did it, and then you actually make the drink. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, moving on, a note for tall. If you don't like strong drinks, you may ask your bartender to make your drink a tall drink. I mean... Yeah, I mean, you're going to get... I was going to make a very sexist or inappropriate joke. Uh, get more... That's, that's you'll get more right. mix, more mixer than you will yeah. liquor by doing yeah. that. Um, top shelf. Top shelf means premium. It means to use the best liquors available at the bar. Example, top shelf Long Island iced tea. We have another note in there. I brought it up. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you could just hear me shaking my head. It's like, no, it's in there. You say it. Uh, we won't say what's, it. What's your thoughts on top shelf mixed drinks? Because I feel uh, like if you you can't tell a difference in most drinks. Yeah. You, you uh, it is a way to get them to pay, make you pay more drinks. That said, you asked me while I'm on, on the clock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you. Oh yeah. No, it makes a total difference. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but a, a whiskey and coke is a whiskey and coke at the end of the day. Like no, if you're are, on that one, I I can tell a difference between like a Jack Daniels versus a Maker's Mark and Coke or something really? like that. There is a difference in the spiciness. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, well, if you're doing something okay. like that, that's a Tennessee whiskey and a bourbon and things like that. But if I mean, if you're going straight, if you're going bourbon, like vodka, yeah, like vodkas. vodka, any of those, uh, you know. Rum, for the most part. You know. Once a, once upon a time, at least as the story goes, vodka may have actually had a purpose for being top shelf because the cheap stuff was like made from potatoes and there was like oil and stuff in there. But mm. that's not the case anymore. I don't. I, okay, yeah. I I definitely don't see a huge difference in rum if you're going to mix it with something. And maybe that's just me. Again, it also may be the fact that we don't drink as many cocktails as beer. No, I can do a. Okay, there, I like do Captain see Morgan versus like okay, we have two different rums on our bar right now. Either the Kraken or Captain Morgan spiced rum. Is the I, Kraken you, often attack Captain Morgan. <laughs> it does. It should there really like the, it makes yeah. I will point out that the Captain Morgan is the like hundred proof that sits on our bar, and when we had a friend come over and mix one, just like he would mix with a normal 
captain. Well, that's and true. He was like, oh! He's like, what is that? And I was like, oh, that's the 100 proof. And he's like, oh! That's, okay. But if you were get to get, I don't know. I, I don't see a huge difference unless it's a, some weird specialty spice rum, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it's got to have, like, some different taste to it. Um, but if you're, like, vodka is meant to be completely flavorless. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. the even the, the world-class vodka drinkers are still having a difficult time to, to pick out one between the other. Oh, yeah. Theoretically, you can go buy, like, a gallon jug of Tavarsky, and you can... Fil- you can take a regular charcoal water charcoal filter, filter, and you can yep. filter that baby to the point of being like a three hundred dollar vodka, because yep. that's all. That's the only difference. You just keep filtering it. And, but yeah, if you're getting in their examples, the top shelf uh, Long Island iced tea, which I also feel is a mildly offensive, offensive uh, term in the, in the way of like uh, Irish car bombs, but oh. maybe Ooh. not as extreme, but it's still. Uh, Again, like, we may raise a Patreon level where you can get our pre-show conversations. <laughs> Everyone in this call knows what was discussed. It will not be discussed here. Uh, but well, because whenever I hear, I have to explain to people uh, who are just starting out trying to serve and trying to, to get drinks. They seem to think there's actually going to be tea in an LIT. <laughs> and oh, I'm that's like, no. adorable. And they're like, well, why do they call it that? And I went, well, because they're, be, they're making a pejorative slam at people from Long Island that their tea is just whatever they can dump into their liquor bar, uh, from their liquor cabinet <laughs> and put some sour mix and Coke in there and call it tea. It's New Yorkers making a crack at Long Islanders. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... Having my, said that, my, you my, don't my want one of my rule. Long Island iced teas. My Matt got to experience is when that. someone gets a, a long, a top shelf Long Island iced tea. I just tend to think, once you put sour mix into something, or like you know that that lemon lime or whatever kind of flavor to it, you're not tasting anything else. No, it's not going to make any difference, especially if you're mixing different liquors. Yeah, any major mixed drinks, um, unless it's like you're you're looking like especially tequilas or or something like that, um, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. Even then, I'm still kind of suspect on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you get a frozen Patron margarita, I'm like, yeah, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if it's frozen, I, I mean, unless you're back there, like, squeezing limes yourself, you would hate to put, like, all this effort into a drink and then use a, uh, I've had, you know. I've had someone make me do that once. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then come out with a, uh, you know, well tequila, whatever. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Enough about Top Shelf. <laughs> Bottom line of Top Shelf, if you're ordering a Blanton's mixed with something, you're doing it all wrong. Yep. Camp. If you can, in fact, taste the difference, that's fine. I can't. Hmm. You're just that's... ruining good liquor by mixing it with something. Top Shelf is meant to be enjoyed by itself. Okay. Up. Up means chilled and strained into a martini glass. Yeah. Example, that... Stoli Up. Yeah, technically, you can make uh, martinis that are on the rocks. I always feel a little bit, like, depressed when I do that. Because I'm like, oh, man, I wanted to, like, get a nice fancy glass out for this. Just just a rocks glass with... Uh, okay, fine. And, and that serves a, a good purpose because it is on a stem, and hopefully they pre-chilled the martini glass as well. Um and so whenever it goes up, that means that there's less surface area that you're actually taking your hands and touching that 
glass with. And yeah, so it, it helps keep the drink cold. Yeah, you're not heating it up with your own body temperature. Yeah. Uh, note in here, if you want a martini without vermouth, order a gin up or vodka up. You can, but you can also just ask for a very dry martini. Hmm. And he'll break out the picture. It just sounds, <laughs> yeah. He'll get the picture out and he'll look longingly into it. Uh, I need to find a picture of this guy. <laughs> With a twist. This means to add a twist, usually a lemon twist, to the drink. What a twist. What a twist. Uh, th- okay. As this is slowly becoming, uh, Justin... Uh, gets out his 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 issues with being a bartender i was gonna say uh, uh, does anyone notice yeah. whose idea this episode was i i don't know what you're talking about um no uh twists are actually aren't that bad to do unless you have uh several cuts throughout your hand which you're oh, going to end up doing from opening up, uh, opening up beer bottles all day uh like twist offs so uh i've had to dig out stuff with like gashes in my hand just going <laughs> someone's near the bar everything okay back there yeah it's fine <laughs> you're just crying you're like no, it's fine <laughs> oh so, like otherwise the the lemon twist actually sa- could sound good for a lot of other drinks honestly oh, yeah and and it, it it saves you from i don't like a, a whole lot of fruit in my drinks mm. uh so it gives you that just that little bit to uh uh a little bit of the flavoring from the peel into your drink sometimes as well. Like you can zest out a little bit of, uh, of juice from it. Hmm. Yeah. But not fruit, not, not drink. soaking in like lemons. Right. This is when I can get behind the garnish fruits on a, on the glass, not in, because mm-hmm. then I can decide if I want to do the twist in myself or I just want to leave it there as a garnish. Hmm. Uh, most common one that I end up using a twist in is a cosmopolitan. And that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Like it's one of those things I do it and I'm like, this looks frilly and girly as all get out, but I, I make it. And then some girl server comes up to take it to a table, some waitress. And she just goes, Oh, that looks so good. <laughs> well, at least I'm doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> I see. And I was initially thinking like that would probably be good in like uh, a whiskey and Coke or rum and Coke. Yeah. You could probably ask for that. And like, they would go, yeah, okay. I mean, um, it sounds reasonable in my head, I guess. Uh, yeah, but there's also some, some glasses that are, uh, some drinks that are just like, um, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, oh, like if you're getting like an amaretto sour. Uh, mm-hmm. It's literally just sour mix. You know, you could do like a lime twist. I would probably do like a orange twist to get a different flavor in there. But, oh, yeah. I've seen that done, actually. Because our, uh, our friend orders amaretto freaking all the time. Again, every time, oh, yeah, they just started drinking. Um, <laughs> it's not even true, and it, and yet I know, but like, <laughs> uh. all right, I think we got one more on these 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 terms, don't? Yes, we? terms. We got one last one with salt. This means to coat the rim of the glass with kosher salt. Self-explanatory. Very few drinks you're going to be doing this with. Mostly margaritas. Yeah, also could be. Yeah, uh, you can also do it with sugar. Sugar. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you do that with, like, lemon drops. And uh, actually, we make, like, fruity margaritas. Like, put some strawberry puree into a into a margarita, and you'll, start, you'll rim that with, uh, 
with sugar instead of salt because you're making it sweeter. Right. I've seen the salt thing, though. It's interesting to me that it's kosher salt specifically, I guess. Kosher salt's bigger, and it, it lasts better. It doesn't dissolve quite as, as huh. easily. as Big flakes. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's interesting to know. Uh, but yeah. So... So that's that's some terms about drinking. I know it's a little bit outside of our usual beer conversation, but I thought it might be handy to know in case maybe you didn't know some of the terms or whatnot. Again, Again, have a drink. Have a drink, (laughs) not have a beer. Right. Uh, However, getting to beer, if you're someone that owns their own own draft system, maybe you can try, you know, maybe you want to pour your own beer. Maybe you've been chilling glasses for how to do this. Uh, Let me give you a little quick... Uh, tip if you or if you've just started bartending somewhere uh, if you're ever pouring a glass uh, one more caveat maybe you've seen your bartender do this hmm. um, if they get out a chilled glass they'll uh, you'll typically heat up you'd use your hand and you'll heat up like a little side corner of the glass uh, that's the spot uh, that's the spot where you're going to put right under the spigot or you know, near the spigot and pour into there and this is going to cut down on the amount of head that you get in a beer like you don't want you don't want no head, but you also uh, don't want you know thirty percent of this this drink to be foam. Like wait a good so, five minutes before even like <laughs> getting in there. So you sit there and you'll you'll fill it up and you you put it in there at around like a forty five degree angle or so, and then you slowly set it back down to what's you know straight down in front of it. Um, if for some reason the thing gets out of hand in a draft system, which happens, mm-hmm. uh, you can. Uh, go back to tilting it and just run off that extra foam and then fit it back up to where you get it to about where you want it and then stop the stop the tap in then you do not want to stop and start a tap when you're when you're trying to do this yep. uh, if you start and stop you're just going to get that 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 first bit of a, a beer that you pour out is usually uh, from a draft is usually all foam uh, a a tap handle has two positions, full on and full off, never in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can try to go in between, and weird sputtering happens. Um, <laughs> I've done that by mistake once or twice. Um, there's also uh, a very special rule for how to pour Guinness. Right. Uh, I, have a, I have some descriptions here for that one because uh, I don't have Guinness on tapped. God, I wish I did. What, I mean, and that kind of works for nitro beers, Generally, doesn't it? I mean, that's kind of what that is yeah. anyway. Gen- generally, like a lot of nitrogen beers will be on that same same process. Uh, but the – and this was from – where did I get this from? Uh, at the link is somewhere. I'll find it later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, their instructions were to uh, grab a glass, 20-ounce, or get a pint glass basically um, – Put the bump um, in the wider neck, uh, the bump in the wider neck of a, a tulip-shaped pint glass, for example, is what you should be pouring it into. Uh, will allow the bubbles to move uh, down the side of the glass and back up the neck of the beer. You're going to tilt it at a 45-degree angle. If you don't, it'll froth and take forever to settle. Uh, then you pull the tap. You let it fill to the bottom edge. Uh, there's usually a, a, a gold harp icon, the little Guinness harp. Uh, you'll fill it halfway up to the harp first, and then uh, you won't uh, you won't touch it until you see a, a distinction between the dark ruby red body and the creamy white head. Uh, this is called cooking, uh, in some cases. Hmm. To, to and that's when you start seeing some of the cascading going on with it. 
Uh, after that, you'll level it out, uh, pull the tap again, uh, and then you'll push the tap away from you on a lot of these taps uh, and shoot it straight down into the middle and uh, keep it going till it's about, uh, they say, half a millimeter from the lip of the pint glass. Or, uh, as I was watching uh, one of our old favorite shows, uh, Three Sheets, if you're in Ireland, you fill that you fill that sun to the top. <laughs> uh, but uh, once you get there, you you let it wait for another little bit of time, uh, and you have to make sure this thing settles. And then they say the final step is uh, sipping the Guinness. You got to hold it up, bring it to your lips, and then sip the foam until you hit the body of the beer. Swish, swallow, bottoms up. Nice. Uh, Guinness has actually timed out the perfect pour for a, uh, for a, a Guinness uh, stout, and it is at uh, 119.5 seconds from first pour. Uh, so that's a, uh, that's a very exact idea for how to make a perfect Guinness. Hmm. Yeah, that's super specific. I'll try to find the... Um... At the very least, if you can't find it, go to, go to uh, Hulu.com look up three sheets oh is it on there there it's never going away oh nice okay. and i'm i'm so happy I, every every like year or so I, I go back and i rewatch some of the episodes particularly the ireland one gotcha okay. i did get offended uh i have to chime in netflix released a three sheets knockoff that's a netflix mm. original and as soon as i saw it i just jumped up and pointed at the screen and yelled imposter yeah <laughs> St. Lamprey is still doing shows. His last one was Chug, yes. uh, which I think he eventually got to a network somewhere. I just forget which one. Uh, I kickstarted that and uh, have an amazing shirt. <laughs> I do. Uh, I also could have watched all the episodes, but I don't know if I still have the links for them now. Uh, there was a few I missed. Um, but yeah, uh, I will say there's one little thing. Uh, if you're doing Guinness by yourself, at home, you got a bottle of it. Don't, don't get a cold glass. Don't don't cold up a, a regular glass for it. When people ask for that at the bar, I die a little inside. Because it's meant to. It's it's like a room temperature situation, right? Doesn't have to be quite room temperature, but fifty degrees, I think, somewhere in there is the, yeah. the not temperature. not super cold at all. No. Yeah. So, so or or don't drink it straight from the bottle. Jesus. Yeah. Or I guess if I'm going to be really the Irish, can. Jesus. Don't, don't drink it from the can. Like it's in the tall can with the little thing, and don't just stop. <laughs> put it, put it in something else. Yeah. A lot of stouts you're going to want to pour into something else. Oh, so yeah. they don't be a barbarian. Basically, I mean, if you don't have any other options, fine. If you're if you're dying in the desert and all you have is a Guinness, then fine. <laughs> right. Uh... <laughs> Tickle the widget with your tongue. <laughs> to a weird place. Um... All right. All right, so whether you're drinking beer or alcohol, like any of the cocktails we've mentioned, there are different ways around the world to say cheers. Of course, cheers being more of a, a UK thing, I imagine. Cheers, mate. Indeed. Uh, so we grabbed a, a few other ones from uh, different countries that you may or may not hear. Of course, the first one, obviously, is uh, is going to be oh. Finnish. I hope you're happy. I put that in there, Brittany. Oh, I was. I'm all about it. Uh, <laughs> Keepis, which Keepis. I've got some of the Google Translate ready. So Keepis, Keepis, 
Kippis. Yeah, Kippis. it. I I've heard them say it at concerts and stuff too. When we've seen some of the the bands that we like live, um, that just sounds fun. Honestly, yeah. I can't remember. Gondor. I'm not even gonna. So no, I'm not even trying to say this word. First of all, um, yeah, this is for Mandarin Chinese. Yeah. So here's. Um, Maybe. I found it. Hold on. Uh, you can do it. Oh, do it again. Sorry. Gumby. Gumby. Yeah. Just Gumbay. say Gumby. I mean. Gumby. <laughs> Gumby and Pokey. <laughs> I think, you know, it goes with the tonal thing, I feel like, for a lot of these. Um, I don't know if the Icelandic one was on there. There was one. Oh, the, the Gaelic like one is the one I couldn't find. Skull, isn't it? Is it? That would be how I would guess. Skull. 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 So yes. Skull. Oh, see. German one is Prost, which Prost. Literally Prost. anyone hears at any Oktoberfest ever. Um, Prost. The Italian one, uh, Saluti, I imagine. I may have to find that one too. Looks, looks right. Um, I have, like I said, the Italian friend came over and I asked her how um, she pronounced or how she said cheers uh, uh-huh. in prep for this one, and and she actually uses uh, chin chin. Um, C I N C I N. It's more informal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Saluti. Saluti. Saluti would probably be, I'm guessing, then what you're saying. If you're in a nice suit out somewhere, everyone's yeah. holding up yeah. your champagne at the wedding. Saluti. Yeah. Well, the saluti yeah. thing means uh, is actually greetings in Italian, which is odd. Some of them um, kind of go over. Like, I, I've heard. There's a couple other Finnish words that more or less are, are welcome or greetings, you know, that you could probably use as well. Kipis is pretty pretty prevalent, though. Um, chin chin. That's the other phrase. That actually means cheers in Italian. Okay. Um, so, that, yeah, that wouldn't, would make more sense, wouldn't it? I wonder... Okay, I think the only one I couldn't find before was the Gaelic one. So let me try to find this Japanese one real quick. I think we know how to say the, the other Kanpai. one. Kanpai? Yeah. Kanpai, yeah, I think it's... Kanpai. Kanpai. You can also, uh, in some cases, if they're... uh, I don't know if it's the... If if you're drunk enough, you say it like this, but sometimes you'll you'll hear them shout, Banzai. Nice. Uh, I do know the Gaelic, or Irish Gaelic, that is... Salancha. It's not just cheers, but it is a thing you would say is Ninet Go Guinness, which is just Guinness for health. Hmm. Salud. Uh, yeah, the the and the Spanish one is salud. Uh, and then, yeah, I, it and says then, Irish. The, the Irish thing always drives me crazy. It's just it's just Gaelic. No, well, that is not correct. Of, there's there different are, versions of Gaelic. I think. Yes, there's, yeah. There's Irish and Scots Gaelic, which both break down into several different versions. I know that, but I'm saying Irish no, by itself is not a language. I at no. least say. You know, Irish Gaelic. Like, if you see Scots Gaelic, you see Scots Gaelic, but you don't see Irish Gaelic. Like, it, it's still Gaelic. It's not just it's, Irish is not a language. But they still break <laughs> down into completely different sub languages. Like, for those of you not sure, what we're having a problem with is Google Translate's uh, breakdown of yes. how these languages. Well, like, um, what is it? Rosetta Stone also does the same thing. It just says Irish, and it's like it's Irish yeah. Gaelic, if nothing else. You know what I mean? Right. There's not. But- there isn't an Irish language as there is, like, Japanese, for example. Right. Well, there might have been once upon a time. Right, right. But, yeah, so, and uh, the Spanish one, salud. Salud. Which is a little more, uh, a little easier to say, actually.
actually. Of course, around, I think the most popular one is probably the German one, obviously, because it's... I don't Prost. know. Come St. Patrick's Day, you hear a lot of slancha. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Depends on the time of year, then, yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, Casey, I think we have to talk a little bit about glassware. Yes, so as you know, I'm I'm a big glassware freak. I've I've got a glass for every occasion, and Bob knows if you don't have proper glassware, I make sure you have it. I, I have a <laughs> lot of I have a lot of new glasses because of Casey. In fact, yeah. Casey made the comment to us like, if you all ever do an episode on glassware, <laughs> I would like to be a part of it. So we had yeah. to give him a call and say, Hey, Casey, we're doing an episode that's going to involve glassware. <laughs> Yes, and that was uh, yeah, that was the one one episode that I've kind of requested that I should be a part of because I love it so much. Um, number one, uh, just a bunch of glassware do's and don'ts. So number one, use glass. Plastic is fine if you're just drinking milk or fruit juice or whatever. But if you're <laughs> drinking a a beer, if you're drinking a, a real um, you know a nice well made cocktail, you don't want to glass has it makes everything look good. It, it, you can see the beer's color. You can see everything that goes on. Um, I have high standards for some of these beer conventions or whatever. And, and whenever I get served a beer in a plastic glass, uh, just it kills me inside. Well, now <laughs> I think with the exception being some tastings, because there's hardly a way around it, you know. Yeah, and that's the if you if you have to do a tasting with. Um, with glass or with plasticware instead of glassware, um, go with something that's completely clear, something that's rigid, and something that hasn't got any sort of uh, aromas or, or flavors to it. Um, what about? Some... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I just meant. Well, what about festivals? Does that also drive you mad? Like if we're at Oktoberfest, it does. So Oktoberfest, <laughs> like those plastic, uh, the, the, the commemorative the plastic yeah. cups that they use, even the the commemoratives. If they were glass, I would definitely be all over them. But where they're plastic, I'm like, you know, I'll just take it in the standard uh, plastic cup that they're giving me, anyways. Um, there's a couple festivals that we went to that the tasting glasses were right, yeah. made out of glass, and those are great. Um, I know the National uh, Homebrewers Conference they're their tasting glass is real glass. Uh, it is. The, yeah. Yep. And so um, I, I really appreciate places that do that because it makes a big difference to me. Well, I think at Oktoberfest, again, it's not like it. there, there isn't a tasting. It's not rare stuff. You're going yeah. there for a specific reason. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Like the plastic yeah. isn't really getting in too much of a way. It's not like uh, yeah. Jungle Jim's Beer Fest where it is actual glassware that they right. give you. And whenever you do an event like that, you've got to worry about um, the crowds of people and, and glass. Oh, what was it? There were – I actually looked up how many injuries there were oh, gosh, yeah. from what's called glassing and like people hitting others <laughs> yeah. over the head with beer bottles or with glass. It was close to like 10,000 a year or Good something Lord. like that. Oh, I've had the that movies, happen at a concert. The movies make it seem, seem, seem easy to break a bottle of glass over someone's head, but – Usually yeah, it doesn't break. Nice. It just hits, and it really hurts. I took a bottle to the back of my hand, and that did not Ugh. feel good. Ugh. Oh, no, no. I take that back. In the United Kingdom, there were more than 87,000 glassing attacks per year, resulting in 5,000 injuries. I'm really surprised that it's that that low. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so you've got to worry about you know all of your, your liability if you're – holding a beer convention right because of that make sure everybody is is the right kind of people before you put glass in their hand right yeah um 
But the big thing is there is a difference between clean glassware and beer clean glassware. A beer will show up, um, and most of these things that I'm going to say are, are focused on beer, but they go for um, other alcohols as well. But a beer will show up on the side of the glass. It will show up uh, dirt and debris easier than anything else because that's where the bubbles will get attracted to. So if you've got – if you've ever been to a um, a bar and, and you've had your – beer poured and on the side of the glass there's bubbles sticking there before you even take a drink or anything it just sits there in front of you there's bubbles that's where actual either soap or old food particles are sticking there so um, you want your beer glasses to be perfectly clean and by seeing that there's no residue on the side um, you'll you'll be able to tell that that's a clean glass Um, one of the key ways to make sure that your glassware once it is clean stays clean is to not stack them inside of each other so most yeah. most beer glasses will have some way um, to stack, like what the the classic pint or the uh, the tulip pints can can sometimes be stacked inside of each other. Uh, but don't do that because that's it. Actually, you'll get a ring where the water will will come and and harden around. Um, it'll dry out, and and you'll get a ring right around the glass where where the glass have been stacked together. Um, and then if you've been into a high-end beer bar, they go one step further, and they do a uh, rinse with an upside-down glass. Uh, underneath the pints, you sh- or up underneath the tap handles is usually where it is. Um, you take the beer glass, turn it upside down, and it shoots clean water up into the glass, and that makes sure that, that any dust particles that have settled in there have been rinsed out of the glass. I always want one of those every time I see them. Braxton so just- has that across the uh- – drain or not the drain but it's a little graded bit under all their taps and every glass yep. i'd noticed i was like oh that is awesome yep because those glasses if you get any sort of dust in there that beer will pick right up to it and it'll make that glass look dirty um hmm. so it's a good thing to have one of my big so i've got five pieces of glassware that you should have at your house um, for beer for different types of beer um, the number one rule, though, that I have if it's for glassware at the house is no shaker pints. And, Bob, you keyed onto this earlier whenever you were talking about that's the the, the glass type that you actually turn yes. around in your shaker and you shake your mixed drinks. It's the clear glass that you shake your mixed drinks with. Yes. That's called a shaker pint, and that glass has, was never actually meant to be used as a serving glass. It was only meant to be used as a shaker. I don't think I actually have the proper shaker pints, but I have pints that are oh, okay. proper, that... properly sized to work in for it. So, mm. yep. I think that, that's they're... like the standard glass, too. And especially like if, if people – if you hear about people selling pint glasses, it is this one. Like this is the yep. one that has and... like the, the, the labels on them, like the, the brewery you know, logos and whatnot. And that's that really, uh, you know, all these breweries. That's the glassware that they use in their own brewery, and and it's the glassware that they send you home with. But it's not really the proper glassware for real beer drinking. Um, it doesn't. It kind of is flat. It doesn't let the aroma collect anywhere. So it, it's just kind of it, it's just there, and uh, doesn't let you enjoy the beer to its fullest. And that's what the glassware is really about. Is after you gotten this glassware or after you've had got this beer and it's a really good beer you want um you want your beer to be shown in the best light possible um so the the shaker pints are the biggest biggest no-no in my book um 
instead of going with shaker pints, uh, we went to Ikea and really inexpensive. We got what's called the no Nick pint. Mm. And, uh, this may be what, uh, what most Guinness, you see Guinness poured into a tulip pint or a no Nick pint. It's got a little bump on the lip. Um, mm. And it's kind of like you come up like a standard glass, then a little bump, and then it comes up straight a little bit further. But the way this glass works is it it allows the glass to um, hold more liquid first off. Usually these are uh, called imperial pints because um, they're 20 ounces instead of a 16-ounce pint. And um, not only do you get more, it, it helps you hold onto the glass because it has the bump, and then the bump actually holds in some of the aromas. Um, and gives the the head a little bit of lift there as well. Um, one thing to be careful of whenever you're getting a beer at a bar is a lot of bars actually don't have – if you order a pint, that's not really a pint most likely. It's probably a 12-ounce glass. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's I want a pint of what's on draft, and, you know, it comes to you. It's actually 12 ounces. It's not a pint. So uh, another little – Ours is 14-ounce, but yeah. So it's it's all about the uh, so pint sixteen ounces. It's still it's it's right. Yeah, no, I'm saying like I'm I'm short, yeah. but not quite, not yeah, quite yeah. that much short. And that's um in it's it's what you get in most places. And those shaker pints are anywhere from ten to the whole ten to twelve ounces of beer usually in a shaker pint. So um, it may even be really low, uh, depending on where you go. I've been to some nice sit down restaurants that. Um, you know, have really great wine lists, but don't do a whole lot for beer. And when you get your beer, it's a, a 10 ounce pour, uh, small, small glass. Mm. Uh, English law, however, and I love this, requires that beer served on draft must be measured when it's poured. So that's on the side of English beer glasses. Um, you actually see the marks on the side that show where you're supposed to stop the pour. Um, like uh, it'll have a 16 ounce mark there, and and you know that's a pint. It'll have a half pint. In Germany, um, you've got it's it's marked in liters, so you know exactly where your half liter is and where your full liter is. But um, the no nick pints, they've got that little bump. It keeps the glasses from bumping together and, and cracking the the edges of the pint glass. So that's where they get their name, the no nick. And that's essentially what they um, used for um, when Sam Adams made their proprietary one for the nitro. It's essentially that, except it's a bigger bump. Well, they they make they make one that's not the bigger bump. They make a no nick glass because I I use it at work because that's our our small beer glasses are our Sam Adams ones. Oh right, yeah, yeah. but but they they made like the you know the newer one for that yeah. their nitro yeah. series. Yeah, they made the 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 bump part of it big enough to catch the excess head that was coming from the nitro and the right. cans. Yeah. Yes. And so if I were to use uh, – I would use those glassware types for just about any beer that's like normal strength, normal volume, um, nothing special about it. You know, Amber L's. Um, I might even use it for IPAs, you know, something that you don't, wouldn't mind drinking a lot of it, uh, but something that also you want to show off. So um, just about any standard weight or standard strength beer would be able to go into a, a no-nick pint. Um, next up is the snifter glass. So it was originally used in the 1900s for brandy. It's, it's like a short. For, it's still used yeah. for brandy. Yeah, that's when it came around though. First, first use was uh, in the 1900s because glassware hasn't. It, the history of glassware wasn't as long as I expected it to be. I mean, there's a lot of historical glasses, but they were mostly about usefulness and not about creating something new for a um, like high end drink. 
feel like for a lot of human history, it wasn't even glasses. It was like, what can we do? What can we use to make a cup of any kind yep. out of? Yep, absolutely. But um, I would probably use a snifter glass for something that's very high alcohol, like nine percent plus, because um, it's got a bowl that lets you to gently swirl it, and then it kind of tapers upward. That that keeps all the aromas kind of packed in there, and uh, lets you smell it a lot more. If I were to be uh, doing a beer tasting, and I had my choice, it would be snifter glasses all the way around, um, mm. no matter what the beer type, because you could it just brings all the aromas uh, back toward the nose. Um, and now, if you're served a beer on draft into this glass, it would normally hold about eight to ten ounces, and the more more and more bars are just filling them up to the edge of the glass, so you'll get beer and head all the way to the top. Yeah. Because uh, I, I remember when we first started seeing them for some of them, they, they wouldn't even fill them all the way up. But Yeah. And so I think that it's important to have some airspace at the top of the glass whenever you're you're doing some 9% beer, 10% beer, and you, you want to be able to smell that aroma. That's what I was hearing you say. Have... You've got to drink it down when they're filling them that high before you can get a good right. swirl and get the aroma out of it. Well, that's what they used yep. on the um the Dragon's Milk Vanilla Chai when we were when we got that. It, well, it, it, was, it was perfect. I mean, you have to think about it in terms of like brandy. You're not going to fill that thing to the top, you know? No. That's the whole point. And that so yeah. that's that's the big thing. If you're getting this in a bottle, ask for you know, ask for it to stay in the bottle and let you pour it yourself. And that way you can only fill it about halfway and and mm. go refill it as you go. So for – because we mentioned brandy a couple times. I just want to have a quick little aside. In case you don't know what brandy is, mm. it is like some French alcoholic decided he thought wine wasn't strong enough and he needed to distill <laughs> wine. Yeah. Uh, VS, VSOP. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of brandy words out there that you could get into. Um, they've got their own lingo just like with, with you know, French wine. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And John Ralphio loves him some Remy Martin. <laughs> um, now, the tulip glass is the next one that I would have in my um, cabinet at home. And uh, I only have a couple of these because I don't normally use them for uh, for, for many things, really. Um, this is like the snifter, except after the bowl comes together at the top, and then it comes right back out. And it kind of gives you a little place for your lip to kind of – um, formed that glass a little bit better. Um, now it also allows the volatile aromas to be caught in that bulb, and uh, it, it's really kind of incorporating all the great features of most glassware. But this would be like a moderately high beer type glass, so seven to nine percent. You could mm -hmm. probably serve like Belgian quads, uh, double IPAs, wee heavies, um, also beers that are fruited or uh, are sour beers. They would work well in this type of glass as well yeah no i can totally see that they get you a lot of get you able to get in some of those aromas but still you know yep. let, letting you sip on them this yeah. is much more of the um, tulip shape as well because i've i'm I, i've i went ahead and linked the the book that i know that some of this came from uh to our, yeah. in our show notes it's called tasting beer and um looking at the picture here there's the tulip pint and then the just the tulip stemmed version um which is the one you're referring to. Mm -hmm. And of course this one has much more, it's much more obviously a tulip shape. Like it's hard to confuse once you see it and you're like, Oh, okay. It's that one. Yep. 
and the Snifter and Tulip, like you were saying, they, they come on a pedestal, so you don't have to have your hands all over the beer glass if you don't want to. You can pick up from that stem, right. and uh, it keeps your hands away from the beer, and it allows it to warm up more slowly than if you, you know, you're, you're all handsy with it. Um, next up is the Weissenglass, um, which is the uh, – it, it's like a – it's a tall glass, so – Anybody that's been to Applebee's, and here we are ragging on Applebee's again, but anybody that's been to Applebee's and you order a tall or a large or whatever their their, their big beer is, um, that's that's the Weisenglass. And it's originally it comes from uh, German wheat beers. That's kind of the 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 origination of it because um, it's tall. The, the German wheat beers can be served in a little bit higher volume because they're um, a low alcohol, so you can drink more of it. Um, it originally came from Das Boot, so <laughs> it's a it's kind of a boot without the actual foot boot. part of the boot. I um, mean, you could put a little false part of that without having the little bubble that will eventually form and. Bubble. Yep, um, it, and it kind of like the glass heavy base comes from like medieval history uh, where it was used as a beaker then, um, but it became more curved in the 1900s again. And looking at the picture of this, sorry, I'm 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 just like trying to follow along. Um, yeah, I always thought this was a pilsner glass, and I mean clearly it's not. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, this this is the Weizen glass is more. Uh, once it gets up to the top, it kind of comes out and and gives you another bulb up top where where you know everything can kind of accumulate. You've got your foam that's accumulating there. You've got your uh, aromas that will eventually accumulate there when you drink down far enough. Um, so it's it's a good good beer glass for that reason. Yeah, um, I would not use these. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Finish up. I wouldn't use these for high alcohol beers because first off, you're getting a huge amount. You may get like 20 ounces of beer in this one, um, and so I wouldn't use these for a high alcohol. But like Blue Moon, with that orange wedge on the side, that's like when you think of the glass, that's what that's what they use. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say if you're the pilsner glasses are pretty much just like a, well they're angled but they're they're straight. There's no little. Yep, they're straight sided and uh, they they go straight up without giving you any extra um, bulb at the top. Yeah. And now, last of of the standard wine glasses, I think that you should have um, standard beer. Glasses? Standard glassware that I think you should have. Wine glasses are actually in there, so I would I would have a good red wine or a white wine glass. Um, Stem optional or mandatory? All right, so you want me? You, you want to trigger me here? I'm triggered. <laughs> uh, Hashtag uh, triggered. Red wine glasses. I would say no stem would be fine okay. um, on red wine glasses. Yeah, white wine. Gla- you don't need to, to chill red wine. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, even if it's a beer, it can warm up a little bit slower, whatever, that, or a little bit faster if you're touching it. That's fine. It doesn't really matter once you're – because you're serving a few ounces at a time, and uh, it, the bulb will help concentrate the aromas, and, and, you know, you're going to be drinking this pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But a white wine glass. So it kills me that restaurants <laughs> have started switching to stemless white wine glasses because it took Never. hundreds of years for this – the the white wine glass to be developed to what it is, and here we are saying nope, we don't like all the features that it gives you. It, you have a stem because you don't want your white wine to warm up. But here I am sitting at a table with this wine that's you know 
now up to room temperature after me handling it. So, I, I, you know, keep stems on white wine glasses. Red wine glasses really doesn't matter. That said, I mean, they look neat when they don't have a stem, but yeah. aesthetics does not make for a better taste. Exactly. Um, one of the the big new glasses that has kind of hit the market here in the last five years is the collaboration between Sierra Nevada and Dogfish Head. Um, mm-hmm. They got together and started making this Spiegelow glass, and it's it's got kind of like the entire whatever you would want in a glass. It, it's got everything there. It's a Swiss Army knife of glasses. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I would serve stouts in these. I would serve just about anything that's not – 10% or more, um, I would serve in this type of glass. Cause it's a little bit, I mean, it's, it's a good size glass. I think they're, they come in at like 16 ounces. Um, once you fill it up all the way to the top, but what you want to do is, is use like 12 ounce beers in this glass. So at the bottom, it's got a standard base, but then, um, you come up a little bit and it's like a wine glass bulb that's then attached to a base. That's maybe two inches tall. Check them out. Um, it's it's called the IPA glass because it's meant to be served like it's meant to be served with IPAs, but you probably won't see any bars that will be selling or selling alcohol in these. They're like ten dollars a piece, and wow. so they're really thin, fragile. Um, not not the best for drunks to handle. <laughs> when I think of really thin, fragile glasses, we've been we've got some for promotions at work where we sell uh, beer can glasses along with our drinks. Yeah, and they are super thin. Like I holding them, I think I'm going to shatter them. Yeah, we've yeah. gotten a few of these out, and they ended up shattering in the dishwasher. Oh, yeah, I figured. Okay, That's... I'm looking up a picture of this. That one. Okay, <laughs> it's like got the, the weird. Yeah, the so it's got like the weird dimples essentially where you would normally hold the glass instead yep. of a, a thin It gives stem. you a little bit better way to hold the glass. Um, they also as the as you're pouring the beer into your mouth, you are running the beer across those dimples, which cause it to foam a little bit. So you're constantly getting head as the glass is being drank out of. And then at the bottom of the glass is a uh, little etched ring that yeah. is where the bubbles can – it's a nucleation site. So the bubbles mm-hmm. in the beer can be formed there and then bubble up as well. It's also what she said. Made famous by I do have to mention uh, Sam Adams because <laughs> they ran the commercial in the Boston Beer Glass about the laser etch on the bottom releasing. Oh that. yeah, yeah, right, which we'll cover in a in a minute actually. Other other than that, we talked about Pilsner glasses, uh, the Bavarian Seidel or Seidel, um, S E I D E L. Um, that's a, a classic like beer drinkers. I mean, it, it's from. From Bavaria, so right, and and so it, it's one of those um, one of those types of glasses that you've seen everywhere. Um, it, it's like Stein-like. It, it's the one that's got the dimples in the side from um, Oktoberfests. You know, right. St. Pauli's girl. She's always carrying these around. Yeah, uh, that that sort of glass. Um, then uh, tankards, of course. Um, the stage so cool. or stage. Uh, that's a very that that's kind of exclusive to cologne and kolsch that's what you would serve your kolsch in um it's a very straight glass it, it would be about as close to the american pint um, shaker pint as as the worldwide has has gotten and then of course the chalice which is standard for uh, belgian beers big it's, belgian it's, beers it's also standard for kings and, and pimps, pimps. 
<laughs> nice. Now, what about the? What are your thoughts on the goblets? Um, so that would be like the the chalice sort of thing. And yeah. I've got also a for kings. <laughs> I've got a um, commemorative glass or whatever from Omegong, um, the American Belgian brewery. Right. And it it works well. It keeps your hands away from it. It, it like lets everything accumulate into that bulb. So it's it's about like a stemmed wine glass to me. Mm-hmm. I think it would probably stand stand in that place. Um, I usually say just go for the wine glasses because they've got so much usefulness otherwise. Right. Um, but if you were to um, that that's a very good glass. I think if you were going to. Um, try to beef up your glass repertoire now we keep a couple of like huge thick ones big chalices glass chalices in the goblets, freezer yeah yeah they're big yeah. frozen goblets and for a okay. kolsch or a good ale especially like these spring and summer beers when you pour in there mm-hmm. it just you can pour a warm one in and it is ice cold almost immediately and sometimes it's so cold it can start to freeze the head on it yeah. I'm just saying, guys, this has been a very that's what she said friendly episode. <laughs> Phrasing. Uh but uh the the chalices have so much mass and that's I think if you keep them in the freezer, that's probably a good thing because if you were to have them at room temperature, or worst, if you like just took it out of the dishwasher and it was, you know, hundred and twenty degrees, yeah. uh, they they would just the same way it can chill your beer down quickly, it could also warm your beer up quite quickly as well. Right. But that would be probably one of the few glass pieces that I would keep cold or chilled. Okay. All right. And um, there's also some weird stuff out there. Um, <laughs> some kind of non-standard, uh, more proprietary glassware. So we just kind of mentioned the Samuel Adams Boston Lager Glass. So Samuel Adams Boston Beer Company specifically made glassware for one of their beverages, essentially. That is meant to enhance all the flavors of this drink. Uh, everybody sees the Boston Lager everywhere. Um, it's the glass itself is almost—it's a mix of quite a few different styles. Yeah, it's it's kind of got the 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 Nonic pint um, feel about it with the. The bottom, probably, of the uh, the Vison glass. These are, in fact, 14-ounce glasses. Okay. Yep. Yeah. These are the ones I was talking about that we, we, we carry at work. Okay, yeah. You all have got Sam Adams on tap, usually, don't you? Yeah, and so we just... We put everything in the small glasses, which, I mean, it's a little depressing to put Bud right. Light into them, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, do you care? Um, but I always care. <laughs> well, I mean, the people drinking it, they're not going to, whatever. Uh, so it does, it has the laser etching at the bottom. Uh, laser etched circle helps maintain the stream of bubbles for the head and aroma. Um, the, I don't know, I'm going to call it the middle, basically where you would hold the glass. Uh, it's a narrow bottom, easy to hold and reduces the heat transfer from your hand to the beer, which we just discussed a little bit. Um, the bump in it kind of uh, is meant to help capture the aroma. Then it's got a turned out lip that directs the beer to all parts of the mouth. And then finally the top um, round bead on the rim 
creates turbulence and releases aroma as beer enters the mouth. Um, apparently, basically, they were working on this for a couple of years to get this glass correct for the Boston Lager. Because, again, we've talked about the Boston Beer Company and how, like, how passionate they are about this kind of thing. So, I, I like, I'm just, I'm just super not surprised that this exists at all. Right, no. And and you can buy it from Sam Adams. <laughs> yeah, they actually sell it at all liquor stores. Yeah, they actually have it at our, at our local place. There, and there's tons of other proprietary uh, glassware out there. Um, there's like a whole section at our, at our liquor store party source that has, um, like new Belgium has their own and like some of them are weird. Like hobgoblin has like a little cauldron basically. It's not really a glass at all. It's a little clay cauldron. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to talk about, cause it's dumb, uh, <laughs> for a second, the, uh, the drinking horn. Because I'm just saying who used one in their wedding ceremony? I was going to say, we still have ours that we ordered on Etsy because it's got a like a a specific carving in it um it's become kind of popular today but historically it was it was used um germanic europe um allegedly by the vikings um when honestly the vikings anything that would hold liquid they were drinking out of right i mean they probably had one of their horns on their helmets break off and they put they put beer in that yeah um, and it's not, nece- it wasn't always necessarily as a, uh, a regular drinking vessel, but more often in, uh, ceremonies. So it's more of a ceremonial deal. Um, it's also used, uh, today aside from people who just are super into the Viking thing and like, um, <laughs> that, that also, also that subgenre of, uh, of metal because <laughs> one of our favorite bands is all about the Viking theme, um, is used in modern day, uh, true in their ceremonies. I'm just saying, if you're going to get married and have drinking <laughs> horns uh, as part of it, it's much more cool. It's much cooler than stupid unity candles. Yeah. If so, you're going right. to, no, for your unity. That's what we did. We did a unity ceremony. We did an ale ceremony. Yeah. And I found really great. I changed the words. It was for like wine or something. But it's essentially the idea of, of sharing a table together. And the, the the drink within this this one vessel that you're sharing can be, you know, the bitter, it's supposed to be like a comparison to life, you know, the bittersweet and whatnot. Um, very, very nice theme and nice message involved there. But so basically, uh, the drinking horn has kind of got a resurgence also based on, um, again, those, those kind of metal bands, the, the Viking thing, you know, become very cool. I've got a link on here. I'll probably put, try to put it in the show notes to... Grim Frost. Um, they actually sell worldwide, but um, one of our favorite bands, the the front man for that band, helps kind of promote this website and this company. Assumedly and, for free drinking horns. Yeah, I mean he he's got a drinking <laughs> horn on his belt in every other music video they do, and on stage. But they do various um, styles, sizes, that kind of thing, and it's it is an actual. It's like made of. Well, you can get ones that are made of plastic, but um, they're also the ones that are actually made of, like, bone. So, um, obviously, cleaned out ridiculously well and usually, like, sealed with um, some kind of wax. You can get them sealed with a ceramic coating or with beeswax. So, I think our our wedding drinking horn was actually the wax. um, I don't need none of your beeswax. (laughs) 
but uh, it's it's just it's just cool. I mean, really, it, it's also a little bit more portable than just carrying around a big glass. You know, um, helpful for parties. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it I'll, looks I'll, really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to provide that link. But I just thought that was a neat thing to kind of cover. If we're just going to cover like here's things that you can drink out of. I'll also add uh, the the Scottish Quatch. I believe I'm saying that right. Quatch. It's just a bowl with handles. Uh, silver or other some kind of metal. That's what typically mark- if you want to get real historical about it, and you want to drink scotch, that's what you should be drinking it out of. Is a quatch. It's it's a call. It's a it's a bowl with handles. What more do you need? I Basically. mean, what else would the Scottish be drinking out of? Uh, bagpipes. <laughs> I want to see that. All right. Anything else for uh, the main topic? I think we've. I think we've talked it to death. <laughs> yeah, we have for two hours. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some feedback. We got one. We did get one. Yes. <laughs> um. So this is funny because when we were getting our KBS in Lexington, we got this email, and I'm like, "Hey guys," and we we're all together, so it kind of worked out. Um. This was a, an email from Nick. Uh, in the L.A. area, California. Oh, I take back my earlier uh, suck at L.A. <laughs> comment, Nick. I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, yeah. That's in true. California. <laughs> um, so it was a rather lengthy email, so I've kind of just dragged out the important points that he wanted to highlight. Although we appreciate a lengthy email. Like, I took some time to read it. Yeah, no, it was exciting. I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody actually took the time to you know, write all this out. Um so he was he was uh, he said he loved the IPA episode and was excited for it because he calls himself a certified hophead, um, which you know of course living in California I think you're you're good to go there. Um, he gave some suggestions for drinks, though he says it is hard to pick a single favorite IPA. Uh, of course he mentions the Sculpin from Ballast Point, which is you okay. know was actually on that list that we covered. One of the twenty five to have before you die. Yeah, um, the Stone. I'm gonna say this wrong. Cala Belgique. IPA? Sure, why not? Yeah. Um, that one is uh, one of the ones that we covered in the big IPA mix release pack that Stone put out. And I've actually seen it a lot in six packs now that you can just buy it by itself. Mm. Um, and then the, inst- the Stone Enjoy Buy, you know, whatever date. Uh, and mm. then Stone's Double Bastard and all of its variants and stuff. Now he said... So in the in the last episode, one of the news stories was about, was about Stone discontinuing their smoked porter which is one of the first beers they ever made so he said regarding this discussion um they've actually done this before so they tried to not really get rid of but they were kind of going doing away with what they had of it of the pale ale and the ruination ipa both of which were actually reformulated so now you actually have the pale ale 2.0 and the ruination ipa 2.0 um, so the same thing also happened with the sublimely self-righteous ale from Stone. They uh, seem to have replaced that one, more or less, with the release of the Enjoy By line. But so this this isn't a new thing. So I I'm kind of wondering if this means that well, the smoked porter is going to come out in some kind of weird variation or a, a reformulated offer. Well, we heard them talk about it at the party source, didn't we? Yes. Uh... <laughs> While we were waiting around for our KBS, they actually finally got word. I heard them uh, talking about after we had broke the story. 
they're like, oh, the uh, stone porter is going, the smoked porter is going away. They've dropped it. And then immediately the guy who orders all their beer was like, oh, we're going to, we're going to order as much as we can. <laughs> so, hmm. yeah, uh, mm. clearly they listened to the show and they knew. That's Obviously, how they found yeah. <laughs> Completely. I can't find it right now. I forgot to add it to our notes. Uh, Stone has already released the next porter. They are not dropping a porter. They will carry one. They're going to unveil... Well, they've unveiled it already. I can't find the story now. But they will keep a porter. It is just not going to be their original smoked porter. Yeah. So... Is it going to be the on-fire porter? Or the... (laughs) Slightly smoldering. (laughs) Enough bad puns. Uh... Nice. So speaking of, okay, there's no transition actually. Porters, therefore, are stouts, and then what we're what we're drinking. Yeah, that's gonna work as the uh, <laughs> what we're drinking. It's gonna go. work as the the walk into that one. So what? Drink with me, friend. So I believe uh, did we all end up on the same beer? I don't know what we're talking about. What are you drinking? <laughs> I mean, what are you drinking? I mean, we we knew three of us were drinking one thing. But we didn't know if the fourth was drinking it. Yeah, I no, think we're all in the same. It out. We ah. all got in that boat because uh, we like boats. In this, there in may this have show. been discussion earlier uh, in the episode, maybe throughout the entire episode of a particular beer. Look, it's it's KBS. It's all the time. Yes. What we're about. Uh, <laughs> we're drinking uh, Kentucky breakfast out because we are all Kentuckians. We are all beer fans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the entire reason. And we all love breakfast. And stouts. Mm. Right. Uh, so, okay, yeah. The Founders Brewing from uh, from Michigan, it's 12.4% ABV, 70 IBUs. I was actually a little surprised about that one. And then a rate beer score of 100. Yeah, that's about right. That's the highest score, isn't it? It's the highest <laughs> they have available. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, okay, this... For this show, drinking the KBS, it's the first of the KBS we obtained that I was to drink. Did it make it past the intro? It did. Not very far. <laughs> not um, long, yeah. I guess we should follow that up. We started, both of us here, drinking uh, the KBS. For the first time. For the first time ever. We've never had KBS. This is our first tasting of this. It is like angels <laughs> soaked in <laughs> bourbon and coffee sliding down your tongue. Chocolate it's... flavored so smooth, so perfect, so great. And then the thing, the crap that we put in the glass and after then, that to get, oh my god. And then after St. Patrick's Day, because it was only available in six packs, we have a lot of this leftover Guinness Nitro IPA that is so god-awful. <laughs> okay, I'll, it's not bad. I will say that. It does not taste yes, bad. It, it tastes so neutral. There is no flavor. Uh, no, it's I'm like actually going to... nitro gonna... water. No, I'm going to step in there. Uh, that is liquid potpourri. <laughs> I'm drinking this, and I'm like trying to get through it, and every drink I'm like... <laughs> but we thought, you know, why not chase the best beer we've ever had with the worst beer we've ever had? It did not help it at all. I was hoping that since it was so neutral and bland, that if I poured it into the same glass that the KBS had just been in... It would pick some of the head up off of the sides of the glass and give no. it a little bit of that flavor. No, no, I was completely that wrong. Awful. Yeah, it is. It was <laughs> terrible. There's still three more cans of this Guinness Nitro IPA in our fridge. All right, next time up, I'll just pound three cans of 
I'm gonna I'm have to get. I'm not saying I love it, but you know, I can I can get it down. I've got to go find that Uinta, get trashed on it, and then have the Guinness Night Drive it. Like I can't, I swear to you, it tastes like liquid potpourri. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, I can't. But back on I the don't, good uh, stuff. I don't, I don't actually find it that offensive. I think it's a bad IPA. Oh yeah, yeah. But I can I can just it's fine. Good for it's, you. Like um, I, I'm not offended by it. I'll put it that way. I'm brutally offended. <laughs> I, I want to see that on their packaging now. Guinness Nitro IPA. Liquid I'm not offended by it. <laughs> I'm not offended by it. Um, but yeah, so we we talked about the KBS before. Um, I've, I've got the uh, the page from Founders Up just to give you a, a, a nice description. You know what we're really talking about here. This is also this comes out once a year, so this is why it was a, a huge to do. But it's an imperial stout brewed with a massive amount of coffee and chocolates then cave-aged in oak bourbon barrels for an entire year. Like the way beer is supposed to be aged in caves. So, But there is a good explanation of this. We've got, uh, we'll link to this article from Men's Journal about KBS. And they actually explain it. There's massive uh, gypsum caverns very near (laughs) where Founders is located because most of the town under it sits on a big gypsum shelf. And that's what's used in sheetrock, modern sheetrock. So they, it's all hollowed out, and it's just this massive cave system under the town that is rented as storage space. But it just so happens to be historically perfect for aging <laughs> beer. Who knew? So what, what are your guys' – I mean, you guys had the drink first before yes. we did. What thought, what, what, share, share with the class. Uh, I, I really loved it the first time I had it. I still love it. Uh, and, uh, me and Casey had talked that this was one of our, our favorite things. One of our favorite things out of the, the last, uh, Lexington, uh, all techs craft food and beer yep. can, uh, uh, festival thing they have. And like we were in line for what, like two hours, like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, I think somewhere the, the line started way before we realized it was already a line. Right, and we knew because the line kept going past us. Like it, it looped back around and went like uh, it was a ridiculous line. I, I most can't... most people in the festival were in the line by the end of it. Without um, a visual representation, I can't explain to you how big this line was. Yeah, it's probably a good hundred feet back and... to us, and then it flipped back again a couple times. Oh wow! Like we we looked at people probably a. Like, at an equal spot behind where the line like looped back and went, those guys aren't getting beer. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, he had a full 15 gallon keg and they were only doing like four ounce pour. No, it was, it was, you got a uh, three ounce pour. And so, oh I mean, yeah. and they kicked it that day. So there were a lot of folks. Yeah. And it, and it was delicious and it's still delicious. I brought some to my game night the other night. Uh, we've got like a little tiny, tiny shot glasses basically that i let everybody sample a little bit out of so i brought one bottle the rest i'm hoarding i'm going i I put them on a pile in my bed and i sleep on top of them like a dragon (laughs) right he is Uh, just in the terrible ah but um no i do love kbs though it's it's of all the coffee chocolate beers there are out there i think it's it's probably the best because the way it balances the chocolate um it, it is a it is actual Belgian chocolate in there and not just chocolate malts. So, mm. you know, like we talked about 
a few weeks ago. Um, this is one of the times when I'm okay actually going against the Ryan Heiskaboot because it, it adds something extra to the beer and it's delicious. But right. it's still a natural ingredient, not an artificial flavoring. So. Right. And what I've noticed, because this is my first time having it, I've had a lot of bourbon barrel aged stuff. This comes out so smooth. Some of it can be abrasive. Like, yeah. it's more bourbon than beer. Right. Like, when it comes out the other side, I don't know what leads to that. That's usually a tur- the turnoff for me, is that it's so strong that you forget what you're really supposed to be drinking. Strong. It's supposed to be an enhancement, but not... Most of the time, that barrel-aged stuff tends to be a little overpowering, which it's, can be bad. It's strong. Strong like porter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, strong like stout. Uh, this is smooth like stout. But you know, I, I think we're all in agreement. It's amazing. Uh, me and Casey, uh, again, we keep mentioning it because we're never going to have it again. Uh, we we yeah. did find the El Coco like immediately after drinking this, and decided that it was in fact just slightly better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, still chasing that high, man. <laughs> God, I'm beginning to think that's going to be us with a freaking vanilla chai. No, it is. Welcome to our welcome to our suffering. Yeah. Uh, and anyone else that has a a a rare beer that they made once, <laughs> you know our pain. But yeah, uh, with the, all, the you into we are thing. all one. So based on memory, how would how would you all compare the 2016 to the 2015 KBS? It's been, it's been like 360 some days. Uh, <laughs> Far too long ago. Yeah, I mean that's from what I understand from this last year to this year. There's no way I could tell. From what I understand, though, between the kegged versions and the bottled versions this year, the keg actually has more of a boozy taste to it than the mm. bottle. Yeah, the bottle for some reason this year was better than the keg. Um, Interesting. Yep. Well, if if they have it again at the Lex- at the Altec Food and Beers thing, we'll we'll have to. We'll have to yeah. compare. I mean, it'll be fresher in our minds. Like the other I, one, we only had that keg, and yeah. we had nothing else to compare it to. Hmm. Uh, but I've been excited for this. I'm, I've made I made special trips to get this beer this year, and it's it's going <laughs> to be worth it. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. And we're as we discussed before, we're aging some. We're not drinking all of it right now. Um, we did unfortunately go plow through that bottle, that we, the bottle each that we had. Yeah, I'd planned to try and drink it slow throughout the course of the episode, so I could so it'd warm up and I could you know go through everything that it would be bringing out. But no, no, I drink it all cold. It's, it's, <laughs> it didn't it's so have a chance. Good. You can't do it slowly. No, but we. I don't know how I feel. Okay, since there's two of us, we came away with twelve bottles. <sighs> But that's for the two of us, and then various tastings and aging it, and in the end, we sit there and look, and I'm like, oh, we get less than two full bottles each out of the 12 we obtained. Right. <laughs> Today was my first full bottle. The only other time I've had it this season, this this year was when I, I sampled out like a couple shots with some friends. Uh, but... Anyway, I think we're all in agreement. The beer is amazing. If you have the chance to get it, uh, if you have the means, I highly recommend it. Yeah, uh, it's already been sold from retailers at this point. 
you'll find some secondary thing. Someone might be selling bottles for an outrageous amount. Someone might be selling them for BJ's. <laughs> at the, at not the, me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not giving these up. At the very least, everyone is now. I feel like it was even more of a presence that maybe not didn't exist as much before. I don't know if. I mean, we we were into beer last year, but I still don't think that we were fully aware of all the specialties. And mm-hmm. first time I had actually, I think, heard of it was when we were at that convention. Casey knew about it, right? But I feel like, well, and then this year, of course, was special because people got more than they thought they were going to get as far as the yeah. the places yeah. to buy it. So, so I have a larger mattress to sleep on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so at the, if you didn't get it this year, then you know what to look for next year and you may get lucky as we did this year. You know, we, maybe that means they're working to make more or, or, or what, whatever the case may be. I believe, uh, Casey, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it, they set aside like a whole week of brewing at Founders to just brewing KBS? You know, I don't know if they set aside a week for it or, or what. Uh, you know, they've got a lot of space, but probably what the constraining factor is is the size of that, um, the mine, the salt mine that they've, or the uh, gypsum mine it's, underground, the yeah. storage space underground. Yeah. Yep, and um, along with that, bourbon barrels are extremely hard to find now. And yeah, it's getting it, everybody's barrel aging. It's the new hotness, so that's getting yep. more expensive. Mm-hmm. It's getting expensive. I mean. Casey barrel bourbon barrel aged stuff for home brewing once, and it, I don't think you can probably pull that off again. No, not with a uh, not to get a fresh barrel. Um, yeah, our, we can. Our, we talked right. about it. Remember? Yeah, we got uh, married at uh, Buffalo Trace. Me and Brittany did, and I bought a, an unused small. I think it's uh, five liter hmm. uh, white oak charred barrel and it's meant to be a oh make your own make your own uh bourbon so we have an unused barrel we just have to uh um, put some use on it (laughs) some manner (laughs) and uh after that first use it's good to go all right well i think that probably does it for what we're drinking yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's a that's a long what we're drinking (laughs) I was thinking it'd be short since there's only the one beer, but uh, we never-ending stream of things to say about this beer. We got any announcements? Uh, I didn't know if we want. I mean, we kind of mentioned it for a second. I didn't know if we wanted to bring up the I mean, the the beer festival thing that we were talking about. You've started. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, <laughs> basically, so Lexington, Kentucky, there is um, All Tech Brewery, and they are doing guys who do guys who do Kentucky. Uh, yeah. The uh, uh, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. Is it, see, is, it, is it bourbon barrel or is it just Kentucky Ale? Or? They have both. Okay, I can't remember they the name Kentucky of it. They have Kentucky Ale, Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale. They did for a while the Kentucky Old Fashioned mm. Ale. That was surprisingly good. We actually got mm-hmm. um, one of their, from, from the Create Your Own, the Derby Day Session IPA. I think it's from the same people. Yeah. Hmm. So we, we haven't tried it yet. but We, are, um, we actually also have, uh, I've never seen it on shelves uh, my dad got it from a friend of his. It is a rye barrel aged ale. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Anyway, uh, I haven't tried that, but it, it sounds familiar for some reason. Um, um, but so, yeah, so they're doing a, a craft brews and food fest is the official name. 
yeah, they they did it last year. It was super cool when we went last time, Casey, right? Oh yeah, it was great. Uh, a lot of food, a lot of a lot of beer. You get like I think it's like twenty tickets to try different food and beer. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. it, and the ticket's not. I mean, it's thirty bucks for the ticket, and that's not terribly bad at all. And usually they bring some rare. Uh, I mean, that's where you got the KBS tapped last year at each, and they spread their tappings out so that you get to try a bunch of the different ones throughout the day. So, um, so it's I think not it's like a, every the first hour you get all the rare stuff, and you got to run around pounding all these high yep. percentage beers. Uh, I, think I think it's like every 30 are... minutes. Yeah, I think all of us are planning on going, and uh, I think uh, some of our some of our friends are coming along with us too. So uh, yeah. yes, some friends of the show. Um, um, we would love it if more of our friends from Untapped and elsewhere could join us. However, if you don't feel like making a trip to Kentucky, I understand. Yeah, no one's going to plan. <laughs> no, no. Um, if you live on the West Coast or something, trust don't, us. It's super com- don't come. It's not worth the plane ticket or something like that. It's not that big of a thing. But if you're in the area, yeah, pop on by. Yeah. Um, or if you're in the Ohio area. Yeah. It's only a few hour drive. Yeah. Depending on where you're at, yeah. Um, yeah. There are some, so speaking of that, there are a few Cincinnati, or Cincinnati and Ohio in general, breweries that are going to be there. Bad Tom Smith, Great Lakes, um, Mad Tree, and mm-hmm. then you've got some others that um, people are more familiar with, like Stone, New Belgium. Um, New Holland. New Holland, right, Left Hand. I feel um, like I'm going to know a lot more about beer this time that I go than I did the previous time. Right, yeah. Be- Deschutes will be there with their with with highly, with with their highly acclaimed competition, Delatters. <laughs> um, and then you know, I think it's it's now that we all are are further on this this track. I think it's a little more exciting for us too. In that, I mean, probably not for Casey because Casey's been in this land for a while. But <laughs> um, it's no, 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 yeah. it's it's exciting that there are so many more local Kentucky breweries that are involved. Like we, we've at least heard of uh country boy brewing. They did the, they have the amazing shotgun wedding, um, which basically tastes like butterscotch by the way. Mm. Um, hey. hmm? Oh no, I was just looking at the brewers list. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our newest Kentucky brewery. Um, it, the 23 brewing is yeah, going to be there from Prestonsburg. From, yeah, oh, are they actually already going to be? Oh, yeah. sweet. Uh, I went by and, and talked to the guy the other day. They had an issue with uh, fermentation on their first batch and didn't want to sell it. You know, that's great on them. It, right. it was yeah. taking too long. It was a batch that should have been fermented out in like four days, and it was taking a week and a half. Ooh. So mm-hmm. they they dumped that batch because they figured it would have too much of an off flavor in it anyways. Right. And then um, – but those guys, they're uh, – they're, they're, Getting ready to put out some really nice stuff. Uh, we are definitely going to drink and talk to these people. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to drink the people. That sounds weird. But mm, I'm going to drink what they make. <laughs> also weird. I'm going to drink the beer that they make. <laughs> and you so you uh, have some like BBC, um, which is uh, what? Bluegrass Brewing? Bluegrass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had some of their stuff against the grain, which is actually wildly kind of popular right now. Um, I've never even heard of There's one from Harrodsburg, Kentucky. I didn't even know it existed. Uh, like I've never even heard of some of these, and I'm I'm just excited that it's so much more of a thing than it was, you know. Yeah. No, it's kind of exciting for us. Uh, and even if even if you don't get to make it out, I'm sure you can check out what we're doing on Untapped. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. See see our descent into into intoxication. 
Yeah, that day our our untaps and uh, the Instagram account for the show just going to be going nuts. Mm-hmm. As we attempted to do before the uh, the tragic the fall uh, to the concrete floor of uh, <laughs> of drunkenness and the winter beer fest in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, right. Rivertown's going to be there, too. Um, I blame... No, I I fully blame the fact that they were like, oh, all the rare stuff taps in the first hour. Yep. So we were in a dead sprint slamming all these high-alcohol content beers. Oh, man. And was, we didn't really get to enjoy a lot of them. I still kind of am salty about that. Like, the, uh, the Heavy Seas, uh, they had that 20-year anniversary beer, the 20-year storm. Yep. They didn't, also great have, beer. didn't really they get also to enjoy have it. They had a designated driver. T- oh, sorry. Hmm? I was going to say, they have a designated driver ticket for the Altic right. thing. Oh. Yeah. Like so can... if you a non-drinker or whatever. Yeah. Although the VIP tickets are like, what? Um, <laughs> it's like $120 for the VIP tickets. I, I'm not that I'm not that very important. Yeah. <laughs> It's um, like, uh, I mean, granted, there's like a, a whole reception. You do get a T-shirt involved in that, and then like, there's a, there's a lot of things involved. That's why it's a VIP ticket. But I'm still just like, mm. no. um, but yeah, it's about thirty bucks for the regular ticket, which isn't bad at all. And then it's twenty beer sample tickets, uh, commemorative glass, which is probably like one of the little plastic guys that we got at the Cincinnati I think one. It's glass. Oh, is it really? Okay. Is Sweet. it Casey? I'm, I want to say it is. It is. I've got it right here. It's, oh, it's nice. glass. Okay. It's somewhere in this apartment. Well, uh, they're better than we are. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, it's also uh, food is a part of this. Um, there's there's also a food list. There's like four different, um, I don't know, food vendors, I guess if you want to say. You get food samples, in the, but if you need actual food to soak up that alcohol, you're going to have to shell out some actual cash. Hmm. Yeah, it's like food truck type people or uh, you know, craft restaurants in the area that, that come by and open up a table. Also, Noodles and Company, who I wouldn't call Kraft, but they were oh, there that's last true. time. Yeah, they were there, weren't they? Oh. Yeah, they, they just out. came to Lexington. So, all right, all right. Um, and we'll we'll uh, we'll add that to the calendar on the website. Anything else we want to bring up right now? I think that covers it. All right. Um, well, speaking of the website, <laughs> remember to check out haveadrinkshow.com. You will find our uh, social media stuff and our respective Untapped profiles on there. Um, social media for the show is always going to be Have a Drink Show as the username. Um, also on the website, you can find a place to send us some feedback. Feedback at Have a Drink Show is the email or dot com is the email address, but you can use the feedback link, which uh, does a form, which will also email us that way on the website. Mm-hmm. And as always, we'd like to thank Alan Robinson for the show music and Lynn Peralta for the album art. You can find links to their stuff on the episode page of the site. And uh, remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher, and please rate us on iTunes uh, to help us help spread the word. Uh, just find some random hobo on the street and ask him <laughs> if he listens to the show. Uh, <laughs> you can find links to the site, uh, links to the to subscribe to the subscribe things on the site. All right, and then uh, just check us out in another couple of weeks, and um, for the next episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you all next time. Bye. 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 Bye.